Hello, family and friends. Welcome to another Talks with Lynn Lee. Yes, welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the party. Well, <laughs> well, uh, welcome to. Another I think talk. it's funnier when you fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> That's this where that fourteen hours of editing come in place. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna probably keep that, man. I'm gonna keep it because you said that. <laughs> um, this video podcast is available to the billions around the world on YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pandora, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, and so many others. I am Lim. I'm your host. I bring the perspective of a software engineer of or close to 20 years. And my sidekick is? I am Emmett Morgan, local Las Vegas realtor. I'm getting popular on the internet. <laughs> so maybe, maybe I could lease a couple of fans. Uh, we're lucky today to have Alvin with us coming in from, is it North Carolina? Yep, Fayetteville, what, North Carolina. What is your story, Alvin? Who the hell are you? Who the hell am I? I'm trying to figure that out for about 26 <laughs> years. <laughs> no, but uh, who am I? Um, my name is uh, Alvin Peoples the second. I am a second. Um, I have my own podcast as well. It's called the People's Choice Podcast. Oh, you can find that yeah. on Facebook, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, Anchor. I'm everywhere but Pandora. I'm jealous, guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and I interview inter- uh, interesting people. And this time the roles are now reversed because you guys wanted to interview me. So thank you. Sweet. Awesome. Yeah. So we, we talk about, I mean, everything under the sun, like you said earlier, we talk about racism. We talk about, um, growing up in poverty. We talk about you living in Connecticut and then North Carolina talk about Mm -hmm. some of the, uh, the George Floyd, um, March where you were part of and saw someone get the Molotov themselves basically. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah. we're talking about racism in ghettos. Yeah, yeah. Stay, stay tuned for, the, for us. Weddings. <laughs> and escaping depression. <laughs> and yeah. sexy foreheads on women. <laughs> yeah, oh, you went too we far. did talk about that. So audience, <laughs> stay tuned for the sexy foreheads on women. You guys are sick. Let's continue that girl talking about yeah, man. <laughs> no, uh, they're, they're super easy if you just read their mind everything is fine <laughs> see that's the thing man like I, if i can get a damn like i don't know if someone could invent that man please any reviewers or <laughs> my viewers see invent something that could read girls minds because us guys are here we're fucking struggling man yeah <laughs> like, you know what's like crazy say, about women sometimes is uh they they are thinking much more complicated and I don't want to say you're thinking in circles, but they have a lot more considerations going on where men tend to be a lot simpler in a lot of areas. And so I think they can't understand that we're just very simple and they're trying to figure out what we're thinking. It's like, well, no, it's not that hard. Like I really just (laughs) want to eat, you know, I want to eat and play this video game. That's it. I'm not mad at you. It has nothing to do with our emotions or relationship or nothing like that. Like I just want to play this video game. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, exactly. Kind of added to that. Maybe the four most common, five most common things on a guy's mind is either food, sex, a uh, well, sex is number one. And then, <laughs> I was like, not exactly in that order. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So then it's either going to be food, cars, if you're into cars, video games, and, and that's that's pretty much it. If the guy uh, number five, 
Or did I say five? I, f- I forget. I had five on my mind, I think. But then, podcasting. Uh, story uh, uh, work, uh, no, work. Whether it's <laughs> podcasting, money, or work. So uh, I, think, I think work or money, however you want to define that. Okay. So mm-hmm. like if I'm working heavily on something and then my wife is saying, I, I could tell her body language, she wants to get out and do something. And then mm-hmm. I'm thinking, man, I got so much work to do to get these videos edited. Like I got to balance. She doesn't understand how much I'm balancing. I'm. I don't want to tell it so to her. It's a fucking job, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If she don't, if she don't believe you, if she watched this, it's oh. a job. It, <laughs> no, she it takes time. <laughs> no, she she sees me at, at my desk freaking. Sometimes, sometimes I pull fourteen hour days, uh, three day, three back to back, three days in a row. So that's oh, you yeah. know that's fucking forty forty two hours in three days, and I'm just straight video editing. Um, she sees it, but yet I could, you know, you, you are, I feel like yeah. I could once in a while read a woman's body language and then mm. I got to try to, I want to make her happy too. The hand, the hand folding. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, God, you're still on that damn computer. Yeah. And then like women, the way they're wired, they're thinking like, oh man, maybe I'm not doing something like pretty enough or maybe I'm not attractive where he's paying attention to that damn laptop or games yeah. to me. And they're gonna try to fix their hair. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, like, baby, I just want to work. <laughs> I've seen that in like three or four relationships where they go cut bangs, and I'm like, no, yeah. <laughs> I've told you, like, well, I've told you so many times, I don't like bangs. Like, <laughs> like, why did you think make cutting bangs would make you look better? And no, you got it wrong. They're doing it to test you because if you give them that negative like attention, that. then now they have your attention. Oh, if it's, it's so upset, there's it's only just fucking like, reverse psychology. Oh, yeah. Shit. See, you got to think like a woman. <laughs> there's only like, <laughs> <a> <laughs> yeah. there's, they don't know they're doing it, but they're trying to get your attention. Oh, man. Uh-huh. There's a few things Damn. I asked for no bangs, and then I would like long hair. Like, that, there's not too many other things I asked for. Mm-hmm. So, if you cut your hair short or cut bangs, I just, I'm like, why? Like, like, like the bowl cut across the front, is that what you're talking about? Where it's straight across? It could either be straight or, or the angled, but. E- either way <laughs> wait did you say bowl, bowl? Yeah. yeah like a straight across bowl a bowl cut, uh, kind of uh, i don't <laughs> I, I know what you're talking uh, about I, I oh i okay see, I see, you're gonna you're gonna have listeners with fucking bangs and shit gonna <laughs> they're gonna fucking hate <laughs> me the, that guy, yeah, yeah, yeah. the women that's, that have bangs are gonna fucking hate me but that's just me personally for for my wife or my Your significant preference. other that's my preference and i tell her like I don't like bangs. I've told her before. Then she did go cut bangs. I'm like, damn. Man. <laughs> <laughs> and then I do. Then I think she has to test if you care. If you, if you care about her. That 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 is a point yeah. for me where I I think to myself, okay, so I did not give atten- enough attention to her. Uh, mm-hmm. Is that right or wrong for her? She should be seeing that I'm spending fucking 14 hours a day video editing. Like, give me a freaking break. Like, I <laughs> no. You should say hey, I love your forehead. <laughs> and I want to see it. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna try that. You know what? I'm, talk, I'm trying to talk to this girl right now, man. I'm trying to get with her, but sometimes I don't know what to say. I'm just gonna be like, you know, I really like your forehead. Yes. And uh, I just want to like either get in it, you know. Like, <laughs> you have a lot I'm of trying fine that, features. man. <laughs> the way like when you when you get mad, it just crinkles up. Oh, I, love it. <laughs> I know you, you got pretty face and all, but that forehead. <laughs> it's the it's the forehead for me. That's for Top ten. <laughs> fuck the eyes. Fuck the ass. It's, it's, it's the <laughs> so uh, tell me, guys. Why you... I'm, I'm, 
Oh. I was like, I'm having too much fun already. <laughs> we're only 12 <laughs> minutes into this. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what we're supposed to talk about. But. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> we're just gonna. <laughs> we have a list of random stuff, but uh, let's let's start with your <laughs> let's start with your podcast. So, what what made you sure. want to start your podcast? Oh uh, yeah, so the People's Choice podcast. You know, you can find that anywhere. You know, I do video and audio, just like you guys. Uh, where it all started from? The start maybe back in like 20. 15-ish oh, or maybe back. either 14 or 15 when podcasting was it i don't even think it really had a name like that or if it did i just didn't know it but i just seen one day yeah so this is a like a lot of this is pre-cardi yeah. b times right yeah way pre-cardi <laughs> b times yeah <laughs> so um cardi b i was actually podcast? watching no just her existence <laughs> uh, just, in, uh, no just the existence. yeah, yeah no nah, it's, it's a weird <laughs> connection before the world became aware of her booty <laughs> uh, gotcha. honestly yeah <laughs> Because truthfully, you know, it's funny, though, if you bring up Cardi B, first time I remember seeing her, my sister was really big into that loving hip-hop fucking uh-huh. shit. So um, I was, she was flicking through it, and I seen this girl, like, it was Cardi B, uh-huh. and before she even made her big, like, hits and stuff, and I was just like, hmm, she looks different. And oh. I remember just, like, walking out the room, and yeah. then I was, like, seeing her big hits later on in life. I'm like, is that the same girl from the that loving hip-hop show? She's like, yeah, she, like, blew up and stuff. I'm like, yeah. oh, damn, congrats. <laughs> so, oh, know? she was on a TV show first? Is that what it was? Yeah, yeah. She oh. was on uh, Loving Hip Hop. I forget which one it was. I want to say either Atlanta or New York. One okay. of those. They, they're based all over the place. And yeah. that's where she got her, like, big break yeah starting off just getting out there then her songs just hit and now she's everywhere dude this is the she's day everywhere. alvin discovered cardi b <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> sorry i derailed you from your uh, quick bio there so you yes, started a podcast <laughs> yeah started the podcast fucking cardi b man no, <laughs> but um yeah so i started uh well okay first where it started from was I'm a big wrestling fan. So I oh. love amateur wrestling, Olympic wrestling, even like professional wrestling. Kind of got away from it nowadays. It's, I mean, it's just too... What, what about cool. UFC? Do you consider that separate? Or? Oh, yeah. I love UFC. Yeah, that's separate. Okay. Though. That's, or what about WWE? Yeah, WWE, that, I used to be a big fan of it growing up, When it, even back when it was WWF, and then um, all the different other wrestling branches like mm-hmm. uh, TNA, now it's called Impact, but Ring of Honor, all those. I was real big into it. And actually, this is where it started from because a lot of these older wrestlers were like, they weren't like good enough anymore. No disrespect. Well, you do all the them, uh, do all them jumps off the top rope. They'll take its toll on your body. Yeah. When you you're know, breaking tables a lot on of those people. guys. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of them, they were like in their, their 30s, like late 30s or 40s. So, I mean, they're still pretty young you know but they just can't do it anymore so yeah. a lot of them were going on like youtube and stuff making these they call them shoot interviews yeah. where basically just shooting and they call and that's a wrestling term which means it's it's for real nothing scripted oh. so um they started just doing that and i thought man that's that's pretty interesting nice. i was like i would love to do that so and shout out to rfw oh, no rf video i'm sorry they uh they've been doing this it's like oh two like videos and just that before like i said before podcasts even podcasts yeah. but i was watching theirs and i was like man i want to do this one day this would be cool and it was strictly gonna be just for wrestling <laughs> that was the plan then joe rogan started getting real popular mm. and i was like damn i don't want to just you know limit myself on this wrestling why don't i try doing other people you know yeah. like different professions and stuff like joe rogan was doing so i started my podcast which the first podcast this is like, like what i'm doing now is not even my first one so <laughs> yeah, I went on Podbean, 
which uh, I don't know if you know what probably you uh-huh. guys know Podbean. No. Uh, it's oh. it's very oh go ahead. Is it a paid? It's doing? kind of a paid one compared to like uh, say Anchor is free and then Podbean's a paid. Yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. But at the time, Podbean was free. Though. This uh, uh-huh. I mean, this is way back. You know, mm. now Podbean you got paid. But um, so I, I started one called the. <laughs> Damn, this is so funny. And the reason I'm laughing, I'll tell you why. But it's Pod called... penis. <laughs> no, I... oh, it wasn't that funny, but it was okay. called it was called the Peep Show. Oh, uh, that was not my too first far one. Off, yeah. So, yeah, not too far. Exactly. So, and I w- I thought it was cool because one of the guys that was wrestling, he, he had a talk show called the Peep Show, and I thought, well, man, if I can do this to a podcast, that'd be cool because yeah. he stopped doing it a long time ago. So I started doing that, and then one day my sister just like, I mean, shout out to her, but she she saw me talking, and I was recording to my phone, and very unprofessional. I mean, I was just you know, off of just passion yeah. and some of my stuff. And she was like, the peep show? What the fuck? Is that a strip club or something? <laughs> yeah. And she, she, so I was like, ah, fuck. I was like, I can't use this name now. So, um. Oh, you dropped the peep show? It, yeah, I dropped it. Yeah, because okay. after she made that comment, and then she wasn't the only one because I posted on my Facebook and then someone yeah. was like, are you promoting tits and ass now, Alvin? What's going on? And I'm like, you know what, guys, damn it. Just click on the link and listen. But so <laughs> what I did, <laughs> I stopped completely. I was just like, oh, you know, this is just probably not for me. But I was working regular jobs and stuff, and I just knew, like, damn, I really want to do this. Like, this is this seems really cool. If I can get some traction, get an audience, maybe this can take off one day. So, so you had I a desire started. to get your voice out there. Is that what? Is that a good way yes, to describe it? What was the timeline? Definitely, man. What was the timeline? Um, like? this was around when I really started thinking about doing it again. Was around two thousand and. 17 and then when was the 17 first, when was the very 17, first 18 first podcast that you published uh the very well from the peep <laughs> yeah, yeah from the, from peep, the show. peep show from the peep show was actually um strippers damn. all strippers <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this had to be like beginning of 2017 and i it only lasted maybe like up to seven episodes of that. Okay. Yeah. And I did that within like maybe a three month span. So there wasn't much thought process in it. It was really just, let me just try it. And I sound like shit because I was recording off my phone. I didn't have a camera. I didn't have a lighting. I didn't have any of the nice stuff that I have now. And yeah. what other podcasters are doing, it was just me on my phone. And it sounded like, when you listen back, it was very amateurish, but it just sounded like a guy talking shit. And I think we talked about that a little <laughs> earlier. You know, because I was talking, I mean, I was going off on people in the NFL and all different types of stuff. So I was like, you know what, let me just stop this. But yeah. I still had that desire. So I started learning and actually really like taking it serious and learning everything about it. Learning about the marketing that goes behind it. Learning about sound, picture, quality, everything. Mm. Like I just was learning but still had the desire and I didn't tell anybody about it because I was like, <laughs> I don't want no one to steer me away from, you know, my, my goal. So one day I post this, um, this video on my Instagram. It was of literally just a microphone, not this one, but actually a different microphone I had and my laptop. And I was like, new vision, new logo, all coming uh, soon. And I got some asshole friends that were like, what are you on your fucking Rod Wave shit? You want to start singing now? I'm like, God damn y'all, man. Wow. <laughs> like, no, because you were talking all that trash that? about uh, Ocho Cinco, so they got to get you back. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> Believe it or not, one of my episodes, if you if you do some digging, it was only James Harrison. That was the only one. Fuck James Harrison. <laughs> James Harrison. Yes, I was, bro, I went in on James Harrison. And then, what, and then I got my fucking, um, 
you know, this is why sources is a very important information. Yeah. I got all my shit wrong. So I had to go back the next episode, literally the next day, and apologize. I sound like a yeah. straight bitch. I was like, damn it, man. I just trashed it to you 24 hours ago. And now I'm like, oh, man, this is my apology, James Harrison. I'm so sorry. I didn't get the full story. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. Wait, so, so you had to apologize to a guy who probably hadn't heard your show? <laughs> yeah, that that's yeah. I don't really think about it. That was funny. but I I, I I think I averaged around maybe thirty seven listens, like max. So I mean, it wasn't really like doing anything, gotcha. and that was probably like of all time. That wasn't even like on a consistent basis because <laughs> I only I was only on Podbean too. So it's like yeah. No, but I, I think not, that's amazing to that. uh, to not have thousands of viewers, but to want to do it so much and believe in it so much that you keep doing it. Because that's mm-hmm. the thing you want to do, like the the fame and the success is not the point of it. The point mm-hmm. is you yeah. want to do what you're doing. So that's really cool. Definitely, man. It's all about the love, and you know, for anybody who's inspiring podcasts, I always tell them because people come to me all the time. Like people in my hometown think I've made it. Like I'm like, bro, right. shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're like, oh man, they're like, they like send me like fifty dollars or cash app or send me a couple hundred. Send I'm me like, money. yeah, and I'm like, bro, I've had like, you know, I've had some videos that got into the thousands, but it ain't been that many. Like yeah. I don't got. Any, you know, and people got to realize that if you're going to get in this podcast and shit, like there is no money into it when you're first starting off. Now, Dude, you I would never your- ask you for money. I would ask you to come pick me up in the limo <laughs> with Bruno Mars. But well, then, see, there we go. <laughs> and I can say, yeah, but there's for some reason, because when Joe Rogan got that big contract, people just automatically assume like, oh, man, man, I could do that. I could get a $165 million contract exclusive to Spotify. And yeah. it's like. Yeah, maybe one day, but you're not gonna get that shit right away. Cause Joe Rogan been doing this for many years, you yeah. know, built and really built. He was doing this shit back when MySpace was a thing. Y'all remember MySpace, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, yeah. You know, so it's like he's he put in the work and the time. And I tell people all the time, like you have to first you gotta get comfortable with the camera, which I still struggle with. I'm not comfortable with a fucking camera in my face all no, the time. You, you look like but you're doing I've good. learned. Yeah. Thank you. You know, so like I've learned. I've learned to get comfortable with it. I would watch you this, know? dude. <laughs> 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 on the uh joe rogan spotify deal i i would i uh, my personal story when i when i'm around town i meet people and if i give out my my little business card that says i do a podcast and i'm like trying to invite them on or whatever but yeah i would say i would i don't know maybe six out of ten uh somewhere i don't know i'm just pulling a number out of my butt uh six out of ten <laughs> seven out of ten people that react when they're like oh you do a podcast uh-huh. I'm thinking, I, I feel like that reaction prior to Joe Rogan getting that Spotify deal may not have happened, if that mm. makes sense. I feel yeah, like 100%. Him, him getting that, whatever happened with mainstream media and its perspective or, mm. or, or majority of, I guess, the masses of people, what they view about podcasts, mm. that changed right around when Joe Rogan got that Spotify deal. 100%, man, because literally like before it was like oh you do a podcast cool what's that and then yeah, yeah. And with joe rogan yeah. when he he got that big deal and i was like oh you do a podcast mm-hmm. and they, yeah. they they just assume like oh you're you made it and it's like guys it's not that you you hope and pray and will try one day to get to that joe rogan level but people got really yeah. it takes time i looked at this when i was doing all that studying back in the day i'm sorry this answer is pretty long no, but, uh, <laughs> this is what, that's what this show is about three hours man <laughs> no, find out about album. So, yeah so like I, when i was doing all that studying and it said like the the average like podcaster because i mean anybody and their mother 
can do a podcast or even has a podcast. But it said by episode seven, 79% of people quit. Uh, yeah. And it's like, holy shit. And I was so like, episode seven, you said? On average? Yeah, by episode seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, on yeah. average. And I actually looked at my Podbean account and I was like, holy shit, I quit after episode seven. Uh, <laughs> You're a statistic. So I was like, yeah, I was like, damn, I'm a statistic. What the fuck? But, um, long story short, um, yeah, the burn was always there for it. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to give it a try. I don't care yeah. if two people are listening. I'm going to give them 100% effort that, hey, two people are listening and maybe I can make them laugh, smile, or send them information and put them a positive person. Yeah. So I'm like, let me just do this. So my first guest, when I brought everything back, like doing the podcast, the reboot. Right. The reboot. Yeah. <laughs> so I got, like, saying a logo. I got on um, Anchor, of course, you know, that helped out a lot. And then YouTube building up my audience. But I was like, let me. For, and also, another thing, too, before I, I jump to that, charisma is a big thing, too. Like, if you're no. not entertaining in a way, like, I mean, you can have a serious podcast, anybody. Can. But what I've learned is like when I watch some of my shit back and I see the response on Spotify downloads or views on YouTube, views on Facebook, mm-hmm. I notice the ones where I'm more animated for some reason draw more buzz than the ones where I'm actually trying to give people like cool, like legit information that can mm. really like help oh. change their life or put them in a good spot. You know, like I'm like, okay, people just want to laugh and be entertained all the time. I understand. Are you not entertained? <laughs> <laughs> yeah basically so it's like damn you gotta really like and I, and I hate that it's like that and but i guess i get, i get it and then with tiktok being famous and these youtube shorts and um instagram stories facebook stories like everyone wants shit like fast that's, that's how short. our society is is that uh entertainers are famous but our educators are not right yeah yep that's 100 yeah. percent true with, man. with rare exceptions but uh very, very rare, but you're right. Yeah. Man. And what's crazy though about that is, you know, my main, like, I've had two episodes of, of since I've been doing like the reboot that's probably been like over two hours. And yeah. then the rest are, they're around like some get an hour, some be 23 minutes, some are 45. I mean, it, it just depends on the time I guess would give me. But I've gotten more complaints about motherfuckers talking about, damn, I wish these were uh, shorter uh, and yeah. messages and my stuff is like 33 minutes. And yeah. I'm like, are you kidding me? What are you doing that's so busy that you can't even watch 33 minutes? So I'm like, okay, instead of having that response originally, I said, well, how can I change it up? So I started throwing different things into my videos lately, pictures, videos, to try to keep people's attention. Because yeah. it's hard to keep people's attention when it's just two dudes. Just <laughs> I hate to say it like this guy got this from Jim Cornette. Shout out to him. But he was like, when you're just two bros podcasting, man. He said just like that. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> so I, um, I'm trying new things to keep people's attention, but basically i i've learned not to even cater to the ones that are like oh it should be shorter like then don't fucking watch man like Whoa. don't don't watch don't listen because Get the fuck out of clearly here. yeah like you're not you're looking at my shit for the wrong reasons you know like <laughs> okay so as far like as as far as your rebooted show how would you describe it to a new audience like if somebody's new to your show what do you generally talk about what's the what am i in for so, if i'm signing up for an alvin podcast here so you sign up for my podcast. Basically, what I do because I'm well, what I'm really trying to do is turn it into a universe. But right now, it's more interview based. Yeah. But and, and I'll explain that universe later. But basically, you're going to be getting a, a, a great in depth interview on the journey of 
great people. That's that's my thing. Mm. I love great people and I love what makes them great. And hearing the ups and the downs or the failures and, you know, things that they went through, trials, tribulations, the rewards, the success. Man, I've I've talked to some amazing people, even some celebrities where I'm like, yeah. holy shit, you know, hearing like their story. So that's basically what my podcast is about is just the journey. And I try to keep it as positive as possible. Very I cool. ask people what's their favorite quotes, you know, towards the end. And I've gotten some amazing answers. Um, if I actually, what's their hidden talent, shout outs, that's always towards the end, but it's always <laughs> about, always about their career and their journey. I mean, I can be personal if they want, but some people just aren't comfortable being in front of a camera talking about wife, kids, you know, or husbands and stuff, but some are, they say, I have the gift of gab. They said, <laughs> they're like, you make it so comfortable. I can just tell you anything. I'm like, yeah. oh, that's great. But just remember the thousand people might watch this. <laughs> 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 so I try to warn them on that, but uh, yeah, that's what my show is basically about. And then as far as the universe, where I'm like, okay, I wanted to make my podcast like this is the, you know like the um, the galaxy, and the interview section is basically the sun. You yeah, know? like that's my bread and butter. I love talking to people, love learning about them, but also I'm branching off and doing different things. Like I got um, a "Don't Hate My Take," which is basically just a play off of first take and Shannon Sharp and uh, Skip Bayless show Undisputed, where it's uh -huh. about sports. Um, basically, where I only did one episode so far, but I got some coming on the way. Yeah. Where we talk about our favorite teams, which is either like Mons Pittsburgh Steelers or over here yeah <laughs> pittsburgh steelers you know and they'll bring their team and we talk about okay what went wrong why why your team sucks and how can they get better from your perspective mm. so <laughs> then we throw we do a little jokes in there where um we have this game i call cap or no cap which is a real big especially in my culture over here where people are like you know if you say something that's bs you know we call it bullshit but now the word is cap. So I'm like, all right, so the Steelers are going to win their seventh Super Bowl this year. You'll, you'll put on your cap, like, cap, you lying like a motherfucker. You guys got holes <laughs> everywhere. You know, like, you got that, that's one of the games um, on nice. that. So um, that's the don't hate my take one. Then the other from, you know, like the universe thing, I also have sessions, which is awesome. I love sessions because not everybody's comfortable given their life journey, their experiences and stuff. So we just talk about topics. We talk yeah. about things that are either hot right now in the moment, or we just talk about things in general. I have two episodes of that so far. I've got some coming on the way. Yeah. Then I got my review section, which that one's going to be really good. I just haven't had a chance to really focus on because I had so many requests on interviews. But I got my review section, which is me reviewing no matter uh, it's items, uh, food, drinks, anything. And I just review it, which I mean, that's very popular on the YouTube area. <laughs> this ballpoint so, pen I mean, sucks. <laughs> yeah, you know, basically like I'm reviewing this ballpoint pen. Damn it, it dries <laughs> up too soon. You know, it's about stupid stuff like that. But um, nice. I did one episode on that, which I did the, the ghost energy drink, which I don't know if you guys are familiar with that. Ghost energy yeah it's so good man hmm. and um like they sell them at like oh yeah go ahead. like you'd be so energized as if you're running away from a ghost because when you're scared shitless <laughs> you got all the basically energy. man yeah. <laughs> yeah like you take a sip of that thing man and you're just ready to go like it's so good they have all different flavors my favorite one i had so far was the sour patch kid flavor oh. that shit it's amazing it's it's a blue it's called like blueberry something but um i review that one 
and you feel it like that because i'm a big energy drink guy actually (laughs) because um i work so hard sometimes and i don't have the energy to do shit so (laughs) i just drink this and i'm good to go but um on your uh, on your uh your description of your show with the interviews that's kind of what i feel with mine and and when i watched a few of your episodes uh, on youtube that was kind Mm -hmm. of the feeling that i got i was like Hey, I kind of feel like me and Alvin are doing the same exact thing where we could be competitors mm-hmm. to some degree, but in the world of YouTube and all this social media there, it's better to cross, uh, to cross collaborate than to, Definitely. than to be competitors. And I, I felt that your angle was, I mean, I saw the, I think the two most recent one, one was a uh, interview with a female, I forget, yep. Yep. I forget the second one, but, um, the most two most recent ones. And to me, it felt like the same exact thing. You were just asking, uh, what she's doing after college. Um, you got, I think you guys went to college together and you're asking her how her life is nowadays. And that's, mm-hmm. I mean, that's just a lot of the same oh, things. Oh yeah, that yeah. I, that was the one with Stella. Yeah. That was a great Stella. one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I think I mentioned to you earlier today, which was, uh, that I find the stories, I mean, whether they're a large story, someone carrying brain cancer or someone that mm-hmm. never, uh, never got their degree, never found a job that they liked, but ended up having enough, uh, saving up enough money to buy a house. I thought that story had... I mean, actually her story, I think is probably more and more something that more people could connect with rather than someone carrying brain cancer, which carrying brain cancer is a freaking amazing story. But I think it's a wide spectrum where both stories, all stories are awesome, really. So that's Mm -hmm. that's what I'm trying to do with my my podcast, too. Yeah, and I love what you're doing, man. I mean, keep it up. You guys are super professional. I've been on. Uh, I think two other uh, podcasts and uh, you guys are definitely top notch, like number oh, one. I mean, you. just from your form. I mean, when you say me, I said, I said holy shit, I, got a, I actually got a real letter of consent. <laughs> like, oh, stop. You know, like, I mean, that was, that's awesome. I mean, from you guys' logo, the setup. I mean, you guys. Yeah, you guys Lim, Lim gets all the credit. Right? He does all the work. I just kind of show up and goof around. So Lim definitely. Hey, and that's, that's important though, man. Like some people, they hit me up and like, man, you should have a co-host. I'm like, I can't find anybody. Like, oh, my friends are dicks and they don't want to be on the fucking camera. And there, they'll say, they'll say. Oh, so they'll say shit that'll probably get me really in trouble. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a delicate balance too. Um, I mean, an extra personality. If it doesn't jive with you, or it if it ruins the focus that you want for your show, so it it, it is a big big balance that you have to play with. Are you in Pittsburgh Definitely. now, or where are you at? Where's what's your location? I'm, I'm actually in Fayetteville, North Carolina, right now. Fayetteville, I, I grew North up a yeah. diehard Pittsburgh fan. Gotcha. <laughs> So you should be a Panthers fan, but you're not. Ooh, I should, but no. <laughs> okay. I can't. I can't do it, man. They're, this is separating you from your community. <laughs> I just had a long argument with a, a good friend of mine about why the Panthers are are not going to do good this year, and how Tom Brady's going to crush their dreams because he's like, "We're going to the NFC Champion." Yeah, well, yeah, you're, yeah, you're going to go to the NFC Champion, but you're going to lose to Tom Brady, <laughs> fucking Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He's like, "Hell no, Tom Brady's old." I'm like. I'm, I'm tired. Of, yeah. I'm like, You've I'm tired for of hearing 10 Tom Brady. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, this motherfucker's been old. Like when Patrick Mahomes like considered one of the, the top, he was in kindergarten when Tom Brady won his first damn Super Bowl. Fuck that old shit. <laughs> he he's winning. That's all that matters. Yeah. So we we had a long talk about that because he rags on my Steelers all the time. Yeah. And uh, I always have Steeler apparel, Steeler keys, everything Steelered out around here. Yeah. I love that team. I was just born there. Like not there, but like born with the team. My dad was a big Steeler fan. He got a picture of me when I was like three months. Yeah. And he put his Steeler like 
cap on me. And I was like, okay, I'm still a fan so forever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is Jerome Bettis still around or what's he doing? Is he just retired? Yeah, he's he retired back in uh, oh five oh oh five. Yeah, yeah, after we won the Super Bowl, and uh, he's been doing a lot of commercials. He's an NFL analyst now. Okay, he does a lot of good. Uh, the bus. Campbell's. Oh yeah, like Campbell's um, Bud uh, Bud uh, Bud Light show okay. commercials. So. so he stays pretty busy. He's a good nice. guy. Uh, so so North Carolina. Uh, so mm-hmm. we're we're in Vegas, and you know we kind of grew up in Southern California. We don't, oh, we don't know too much of that world over there. Is that? I know you get hurricanes <laughs> once in a while. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. We had a bad one about three years ago. Yeah, really bad. It, actually, I couldn't even get home because the way it flooded out. Because uh, we have what we call the, the Cape Fear River, uh-huh. but whoever built North Carolina thought it was a good idea to build a city like that's going through the river type stuff. <laughs> so um, <laughs> no offense to North, my North Carolinas. I love you guys, but um, <laughs> damn, like when that shit happened and we, and yeah. it started off going to like a category like three and it dropped to a two to mm-hmm. a one to a tropical storm and the tropical storm fucked our city up. I said, mm-hmm. imagine this was the category three. Like mm-hmm. it was crazy. So yeah, we get hurricanes, tornadoes, um, not as bad as Oklahoma, but we get tornadoes. Um, yeah. There's a lot of good in North Carolina, a lot of history, also uh, a lot of bad. You know, there's still some racism out here. There's, uh, um, there's. Well, I noticed uh, that right po- now, that poster behind your shoulder says "Don't forget your roots." Is that a reference to <laughs> something cultural or? <laughs> Uh no, not really. Like um, okay. a lot of people been talking about that, <laughs> which is awesome. I'm glad I got that there. Yeah. But um, it's because like people, well, I guess maybe it's a culture thing. But um, you always ask me like, you know, don't forget where you came from. Don't forget where you started. Yeah, Pittsburgh. You know, at, at, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, they always say like when people make it. Because a lot of people believe in me, which I'm very like supportive of everyone and thankful. Yeah, that they think I'll I'll make it one day, which I really hope I do. But yeah, um, don't forget us. They bro. always say, "Oh, hell no, I can't, guys." <laughs> but, I want to um, be in your entourage. <laughs> I want to yeah, be in that you limo. Guys, <laughs> you guys are welcome, man. I'll have Bruno Mars get the champagne ready. Couple women with nice ass foreheads, Give me all Cardi shiny B. and shit. <laughs> Cardi B, yeah. <laughs> Line up them foreheads, yeah. baby. Oh uh, yeah, I'm gonna get them foreheads ready. Cardi B's forehead. Hey, we should make that to like a hashtag. And only, only us will get. Oh, only we will get that shit. We will be like Cardi B's forehead. Like, what the fuck? No, I'm kidding. We don't want to objectify women for their beautiful foreheads. For That'd real, we really don't. We love you, women. We just joking around. But yeah, the sign is just basically um, no matter how successful I get in life or whoever is on my uh, my podcast because I've yeah. had some very successful people or even some celebrities. Um, on it, but um, not to forget their roots, you know, not forget where you came from, and yeah. that just goes hand in hand with my whole podcast of the journey of the upset of being obsessed with the great people. I'm really yes. obsessed with that, like, I'm obsessed with the journey, you know. Hmm. Just a random story on that, uh, I think, uh, how that triggers a, a memory in my mind. I was probably I was mm-hmm. uh, 18 years old working at Macy's backroom, uh, stock, um where it just, you get that big 18 uh, wheeler come up, it opens the, oh, wow. uh, the trailer and then, um, op- there's just boxes upon boxes and you got to open. Shout out, shout out to Macy's. We don't have one <laughs> here. We're doing Connecticut though. <laughs> That's what you said. That's all, oh, man. Going back now. <laughs> so, <laughs> opening boxes upon boxes is just nonstop. And I'm, 
uh, me and then like uh, five or six other people on shift. Just, I mean, we don't leave until that, that, that truck is empty, but they do a pretty good job. They, I mean, pretty much every day, right at seven 30, when you're supposed to clock out that, that car, that trailer is done. I don't know if how they planned or I don't know the other coworkers, maybe they're like, we need to, we need to, we need to finish these boxes. I don't, to me, I was always working hundred percent. That's my personality. You put something in front of me. Like, I don't know how not to do a hundred percent. Like that's just me. I'm either zero or hundred percent. I feel like on certain things. So that's, that's a great quality to have, man. Um, uh, it's, I, I don't know how to turn it off sometimes on, on certain things that don't matter, <laughs> but don't, um, don't worry about it. Just keep it going. Man. I'm telling you, it's going to, you're going to go far in life with that. Yeah. Cook like, the shit out of that macaroni coming and from, cheese. Well, okay, yeah. Well, you make it like that. Okay, yeah. As far as uh, cooking, yeah, you might want to <laughs> check. But uh, when I was uh, when I was playing football, that was actually one thing my coach always preached at us. He drew this shit in our head: either go all the way or not at all. He's like, if you're gonna fuck up, fuck up at 100. percent So if you, know, you jump off sides yeah. and hit somebody, at least do it 100. percent So I know, like, I can't be too mad because you gave it your whole effort. So <laughs> nice. like, I, I I appreciate that. No, yeah. that's how the guy ends up oh. running the wrong way to the wrong uh, touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> hey, my my coach will be he's the type that would have been like, Hey, if you're running fast and hard, I can't get mad <laughs> He'll be more mad at you not to score in the wrong, you know, way. <laughs> wrong but zone. If you're jolly laughing and then oh yeah, yeah. he'll be more mad story? at that. Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll continue Oh on yeah, of course. I'm, I'm sorry about that, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. So, uh, and, and that crew of six, six people or seven people, there's there, the age range from like 19 years old up to like, I think that the oldest guy was probably six fifty five or 60. He was pretty, he was older. And, um, I, I said, I worked there for only like seven months. And at the last month I said, Hey, I'm uh, this is my last uh, week working here. And then on the last day that, that guy, that older guy came up to me, he said, Hey, don't forget your roots. And I'm like, He's uh, when you make it, I know you're going to college and when you make it, don't forget us. And it, it, at that point, <laughs> it's kind of interesting to, to think about it then and now. Then mm-hmm. I was thinking to myself like, well, I'm going to college. Why don't you, any of you got, I didn't say this to them. I, I, this is what I was thinking. Yeah. I was thinking I'm going to go to college and like put in my hard time. Why don't you guys do that? Like you can't just mm-hmm. say, don't forget your roots and expect me to come back giving you gifts I, that I'm, this is just in my mind, what was playing out. Not that. No, you're, you're, you're right. You're um, right. so it kind of upset me a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. just thinking what, you're just going to stay here and not do anything and expect me to come back years later, <laughs> years mm-hmm. later now. I mean, I haven't, I haven't, I don't keep in touch with any of them. Now I'm thinking, Time to go back to Macy's, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, think, I ain't forgot about you. <laughs> I think the the life experiences that I've had working in and you know in corporate offices, working in small companies, working at a nine to five job, understanding how challenging life can be and how depressing life can be at times when you feel like you're working so freaking hard and you're not getting the promotions that other people are getting, or you're working so hard and just luck. It, it could be just luck and you're just not getting that luck. And so then I think back about those, that crew at Macy's and I'm just thinking, man, are, is it possible a combination? Did they not build their own lot, luck? Did they not push hard enough? Mm-hmm. Did they not change, try to change their situation? So that that's when you, when, when I see that it, it made me think about, don't, don't forget your roots is what, what made me think about that. And I'm glad you mentioned that those and to piggyback off that ride. Oh, that ride board piggyback off that comment. Yeah. Um, 
I know a lot of people like that, and especially here in Fayetteville, North Carolina, because um, you, you guys know J. Cole, right? J. Cole, he's a hip-hop artist? Yeah, hip-hop okay. artist. Yeah, he's, he's like, I mean, he's from here, so uh -huh. he's like, I wouldn't say Jesus. I mean, that's probably like going on. But he's Pop popular but he's local figure. Very, very popular. Yeah, because yeah. he's, I mean, he's up there. He's signed with Jay Z, where he's worldwide. Mm -hmm. But people look at him as the savior. Like, don't forget about us, J. Cole. And that's why, like, when J. Cole did make it, he always tried to do things for Fayetteville and try to help out rappers, help out inspiring rappers, help out communities. He built yeah. um single mother uh living complex like he where he oh, used to nice, live yeah. where he grew up off of. Yeah, like he tore it down and built the stuff for all the single mothers that's struggling out there. He's he's got all these different foundations and stuff and um and groups to Wait, help do you have people. to be his baby mama or can any baby mama <laughs> any baby mama <laughs> but um i mean shit if you are if you're jay close baby mom i mean i'm pretty sure you're set you <laughs> got a nicer yeah. place the, than the money yeah I was like, the money he's making i mean i can imagine if, what he had to pay in child support but like um <laughs> but it's awesome what he does and um then we got yeah. another guy who's who's becoming real popular his name is moray Mm -hmm. He's from Fayetteville as well. He just got signed with Interscope Records. Interscope, you know, they're real and deep with guys like Eminem and uh, Dr. Trey. Big record Cent. company, yeah. Yeah, real big. So it's like, and people say it to him all the time too, like, don't forget your roots, you know, or, you know, mm -hmm. don't forget where you came from because a lot of time we see this with celebrities where they will make it and they'll never go back to where they came from. They'll never visit. They'll never talk to anybody. And then don't get me wrong, it's not their job to help yeah people up or give them handouts or whatever but because it was so often that's how it was and especially in our culture over here mm -hmm. where people want to drill that into you to look out for your own look out for your hood look out for your community and that's why a lot of them are doing it now now with me and your story is very similar to mine's because i used to, my first job i was working at hardy's i was a cashier yeah. and um i always knew i wanted more but i just needed a job for the time being and um, when I, I moved up, became a manager within a year, and I was still there for about uh, four and a half years where I was uh, being a manager. So I was making decent money, but I knew I didn't want to be a manager at Hardee's. Like, like, so a Hardee's is like a uh, burger joint or like a dessert a, place? A, exactly. Yeah. Like Carl's Jr. Right, I think. Carl's Jr. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's it's the, uh, what they call it, the sister company, basically, okay. Carl's Jr. Yeah, they have, uh, Carl's Jr. is really big on the West Coast. I think they have the same exact like logo, uh, like yep, yep, yeah, same. where it's, it says Carl's Jr. Instead, it's the same cursive that says Hardee's. Do you have yep, a Western bacon cheeseburger exact. out there? Yep, Western. Yep, they got <laughs> all delicious. that. Man. <laughs> yeah, but the only thing Carl's Jr. though, like their menu was always ten times better, more oh. options than Hardee's was so more burger based. Mm, where oh. Carl's Jr. You know they had different chickens and wraps and all this other stuff, but like Hardee's for all these more hippies like out the here. Burgers. <laughs> the <West> yeah, <laughs> <man>. <laughs> I can't wait to visit. I always wanted to to visit out there in Vegas and um and Cali and stuff, man, because I heard through. so much about it. Hey, I'm I'm there. As soon as I get the chance. <laughs> as soon as you get that Bruno Mars money. <laughs> when I get that Bruno Mars money, I'm going more than just Vegas and Cali. I'm leaving all these people behind. <laughs> I'll come back. Won't forget my roots, you know. <laughs> so so in Fayetteville, so you're obviously you're an African American dude. Do you mm -hmm. feel um, disadvantaged? Do you? What's your situation? Or do you feel equal? Do you feel what's life like? You know, uh, as far as being in Fayetteville? 
yeah. or in general. <laughs> in, in Fayetteville, sure, either one, but uh, I guess or, particularly Fayetteville for us because I know what life is like in Vegas. I know what it's like in some places, mm-hmm. but that's you're in an area that I haven't had uh, many opportunities to visit or explore or see much yeah, about, so, right? Yeah, <laughs> true that, man. So um, as far as um, just being black in Fayetteville, I mean, there's so many black people in Fayetteville. Yeah. It's not even funny. I mean, it's most like Fayetteville, Durham, um is it majority Spring black Lake, Americans? Major- yeah, majority okay. black Americans. So you don't really ever feel like you're at a disadvantage. Uh-huh. But as far as getting like those really good jobs that's going to be paying 20 plus, you know, or you're on a salary base, that's where you feel the disadvantage because uh-huh. there is there isn't many black uh, people that are in those positions. I'm mm. fortunate for I am one of those right now in life and I hope to continue to you know, grow and be that, you know, more and more, but a lot of them aren't, you know, a lot of them have to settle for, um, nine to five, um, uh, some minimum wage, some mm-hmm. are just a little above minimum wage, but there is opportunity out here. It's like, you just really have to work hard and go get it. You know, like Moray, he's, he's been putting in the work for many years. He actually almost, he almost quit like doing music. Cause it was yeah. like, man, I feel like I'm going nowhere. But all it took was that one person to hear him, which I don't know if you guys know the, what's his name? He's the mush, the mush, um, marshmallow head guy. I don't know if you ever heard of him. He, wow. he's, I have no idea. I know. He's, about he, he wears a marshmallow forehead, but he's very, oh, marshmallow, he got, yeah. marshmallow, yeah. He, he, he heard Moray's music yeah. and was like, yo, this guy's dope and yeah. put his music out there. And before you know it, like his ball start turning, he dropped the song, got really popular, and, yeah. and he got signed. So the, the moral of that is like, you know, there's opportunity out there. You just can't quit on yourself. You have to continue to push because all it takes is one good, like one person with a lot of connections to listen yeah. to your music or, or see your work. Or even I, I would push against that a little bit. In that, you know, for every more, there's probably thousands of other young, oh, yeah. young Americans that aren't going to get signed, right? So in, in a way, oh, is that 100%. a low probability path to success? I would say the message, I would say the message yeah. overall, like uh, to, to push and strive is probably good, but it, to pick, yes. pick a industry where the odds are better stacked in your favor, like meaning, I think yeah. music, music is a tough one. That's one in a million, one in 10 million chance. 100%. Um, yeah. But at least maybe hopefully a career or say even podcast, I think you get better chances of podcasts. I think Putting your oh, time, yeah. I theorize two or three years, and you should hopefully have a better chance than one out of ten million. I oh, hope. But we haven't quit our day jobs. Uh, yeah. So this is yeah. Like- exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and um, you know, like with Moray, I mean, he's he's been doing it for a while. Like, it wasn't like he got this, you know, overnight. Yeah. He put it into work. He was working in chicken. He was working in a chicken factory with a guy I went to school with. Yeah. Actually, I'm on the show. He actually talked about him a little bit. You know, f- yeah. Up until he got that big break, so I mean, he was, you know definitely working the regular job you know day job but still had that dream and was still pushing so the moral story is like don't give up on your dream just because your situation may not look as good especially here out in Fayetteville situation mm. may not be the best but if you continue to work at like, like work hard at it even if you have to work two three jobs mm. and just keep pushing like even me I was working different jobs but I still want to do podcasts Podcasting is a hobby to some people, but to me, it's it's a life, it's a dream. I feel like this could open up many doors, yeah. many different connections. I mean, just like us, we're connected. I mean, we would you never stepped foot in Fayetteville, North Carolina. I never stepped foot in Vegas, but yeah. 
through the power of podcasting, we're now connecting, you know, networking and who knows where this can take us one day, you know, and well, that's how I see my day job. Yeah. I I think you're a unique window for us and any viewers or any listeners to see your world a little bit. Right. That's a world we don't have access to. You know, and same same with you guys, man. Like, I want to know what's Vegas like. You know, if you guys want to <laughs> explain, you Just know, like cause, all stereotypes. Because <laughs> yeah, because is it's really. I mean, it is it's considered the the I'm gonna say the gutter, but yeah, basically, I mean, it's considered you know it's it's a poor community, but it's it's on the rise. Like, there's a lot of great things happening, like from J Cole to Moray. Oh, and then we have a couple of NBA basketball players who mm. uh, who came here, guys from the NFL. I played against. Because I was a, I was a football player, mm. and I went. One of them is playing for the Titans right now. The other one's playing for the Arizona Cardinals. And I was yeah. in class with these guys and weightlifting with these guys on the football field. And now that I'm watching them on Madden and seeing them on TV, I'm like, holy shit, life can change if you really put in that damn work and you yeah. know push and push. Like, but it's, I it's think uh, earlier you said something where you're saying you know it's a majority black area, but yes. You can see people rise to fame, but what you're not seeing is people mm-hmm. rise into the high-paying jobs. Uh, so mm-hmm. presumably, you do have lawyers, doctors, accountants, dentists yes. around, right? And are you yeah. saying oh, that yeah. most of them are not African American? Is that a- yeah? Like there's there's some, but yeah. it's not majority. You know, like like I said, most majority is doing just like I said, either minimum wage jobs or a yeah. little above minimum wage. Which and there's nothing wrong with that if that's what you you have to do. Right. You can you know, just do it just as long as you continue to push yourself. Well, so then, then the burning question is, then, then what do you think is, what what do you think is causing this, right? So if you're saying, hey, you know, 80, 90% of people here are black, why, why don't we have 80 or 90% of good jobs? That would make mm-hmm. a lot of sense, right? So what do you think the cause or the source of that um, disparity um, might be? It could be a, a bunch of different things. Like it could be anywhere between the right connection, you know, the right yeah excuse me the right people you know some people just they don't know how to get into that field and they want they want to get in that field but they don't want to either ask the questions or maybe some don't have the drive like they don't think it's realistic that they will ever get to that level but they could work at this level mm-hmm. you know but then there's some that's like fuck that if i want it i'm gonna get it you know yeah. i'm gonna work towards it you know that's all i've been mind mentality and i don't know where i got that from but um, <laughs> that's always been my mentality like like i remember you know just backtracking a little bit to my days in connecticut um i remember we was just being kids and we'll see someone like me and my, my friends and stuff all my homies we're we're on the block and we see someone riding with a nice ass bike or mm-hmm. a nice car and some were like oh man one day that's gonna be me or some will be like man i'm never gonna get something like that mm-hmm. or some would just be even jealous to be like man that's not this this type though like this and i'm like i ain't ever been that type of person i've always yeah. been like well fuck it. if he can get it i know i can you know, he's, he puts yeah. on the same two socks like I do, same draws, same 24 <laughs> hours. What's what's the difference? You know, sure, there's obstacles and different, yeah. you know, life um, paths, but I'm like, I'm not afraid to put in the work for it. I used to have this nice shirt, too. I don't know where it's at, but I, I wanted to wear it today, but it's like... To make us jealous? Everybody. You know, oh, it's okay. just, <laughs> just for a little, like, so people know, like, where I come from and how I'm wired, where I'm like outwork everyone like don't be afraid of hard work like people really think that hard work is a fucking punishment like i commend you for taking 14 hours to edit i thought i was doing too much while i'm doing 10 hours sometimes 
fuck that. Now I got to do four. <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> you know, don't work do it. harder <laughs> don't or do more. It. Yeah, like, like, man, it's it's not like hard work is not a form of punishment. My coach just said too. Like, there's pride in that, man. There's pride where you can look around in your house that you worked hard for everything that you got up in here, or if you have a nice car, or even if you have a nice job. I mean, and knowing that, man, I worked hard to get here. Like, there's yeah. pride in that. I would never like to be that type of person that, oh man, I got this awesome job. Thanks because my my dad knows this guy, or because of you know my yeah. best friend hooked me up with this job. Which that could happen, but as long as you work hard and prove yourself, though, that you belong, not just oh man, I got you know I was a freeloader yeah. or just knew the right people. You know, there's pride I, in work. I think you guys are kind of uh, coming across a, a certain thing in your stories like if i think back to the macy story or what you're talking about now alvin is Mm -hmm. that we don't you know everybody out there we don't start at the same place everybody starts with different advantages Mm -hmm. different abilities different situations different uh childhoods right so Mm -hmm. i think for anybody listening if you if you turn 18 and you say hey i'm an adult now i start making my own choices and i gotta build something i gotta i gotta i gotta work i gotta figure something out i gotta go to school um but don't 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 view your success in terms of other people. You say, yes. hey, this guy's got the nice car. I don't have a nice car, but it's mm-hmm. kind of how far did you come from where you started? I think is probably exactly. a better measure of your success. Exactly, man. And you know, like I've, I've been to the bottom of the bottom and in my life, you know, some top of the top, you know, like right now I'm working at a job. I've, I've never made as much money ever and not talk money. Nice. I, I'm not that type of person, but you know, I'm very proud no, of money's that, great. You know, I love money. <laughs> Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, just you know, because where I, where I've came from, which I mean, I at one point was homeless at one point oh, yeah. as a kid, you know, and seeing my parents struggle, parents was on drugs, living in a bad community. I faced racism, I faced ups and downs, but yet I've never yeah. gave up. I mean, I've dealt with depression. I mean, I've done a lot of different like things and went through a lot of different life obstacles, but. I've learned to enjoy the journey and always picture in my head, like, this is just a bad moment, not a bad life. And oh, I'm going yeah. to get to where I want to be, you know? And that's why I try to really push out positivity and go through people's journey through my podcast. Cause like literally some people will face one obstacle or one bad experience and ready to end it all. And it's like, man, like, yeah, oh, there's beauty in the struggle. Like there mm. really is. Yeah. Well, yeah, I've never had to deal with uh, being homeless or or anything that difficult. You know, it's not fun. It yeah. Sucks, bro. <laughs> it's rough, <laughs> I, you, and I'm not trying to make a joke, but it sucks. Yeah. Bro. <laughs> do you want to tell us that story, or do you not want to talk about it? Um, I mean, I don't really mind it. The first time, because I was homeless uh, multiple different times. Yeah, um, but I mean, just being first, homeless as a kid has got to be incredibly bad. Uh, I mean, because you're a kid, yeah. you don't have any resources, you don't know how to do stuff. You're you're dependent yeah, on that, people, right? Yeah, that that one was rough. Probably the roughest because, like yeah. you're, you're saying, you know, I was a kid, and you know, seeing my parents uh, struggle, you know, seeing yeah. what you know they had to basically do what they had to do and try to um, get us out of that situation. So, how, how old are you? What happened that you ended up homeless? What what's the what's the breakdown? You know, out of out of respect for my parents, okay. I never even asked. You yeah, know, I can only speculate, but I never truly asked. But mm. I know, like, they were busting their butt, but they weren't making enough, you know. Mm. So, you know, I I never really asked them why. But I yeah. knew the second time, I mean, the second time was just, I was an adult that time. So, I mean, 
that Dope. one's definitely shit that you know yeah. like <laughs> i betted on myself i'm uh. very proud of betting on myself but unfortunately i had to go and basically lose it all before i rose up and got it gotcha you know got back on top i guess Okay. Sorry, I was looking away at my. <laughs> I don't know if you saw that, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> no, but yes. Yeah, so uh, as a kid, though, I didn't ask. I, I didn't. I just didn't know. You know, staying with the staying with a family member, then staying in a homeless shelter, staying yeah. in a hotel. Like, I mean, it was it was rough. You know, I mean, got to a point from one point because we used to have to like rush. Like, you ever seen the Pursuit of Happiness? Yes. Um, with Will Smith, where yeah. like he was rushing because he had to try to get to this the homeless shelter before the time is up, or right. they're gonna have no place to live for the night. Uh. I was in that situation too. That's why that shit like originated so hard. I didn't drop my toy like a little boy yeah. and wanted to get my toy back, but like I remember that, and that shit was like, wow, like it it was scary. I can't imagine being like a parent going through that like that. Yeah, that was tough, you know. So I always commend my parents for that and getting us out of that situation too because it took almost about a year yeah where it was rough like that and luckily my dad and my mom you know they were getting their stuff together too and um finally able to save up and uh got a good job and was able to provide stabilize and find a place and definitely yep and then as me as an adult though that story um like i said i bet it on myself i actually um I was going through my my depression. I I was mm-hmm. severely depressed from 2015 to like 2000 and I think 19. Um, it was a rough rough patch in my life. Yeah, We're just you, dealing with depression because your podcast yeah. wasn't making it, so you quit after seven episodes. <laughs> You know what's crazy? I was going through so much. I didn't even think about the podcast. The podcast was actually (laughs) my escape, um, I guess, from just all the other shit. You know, like I was dealing with, um, honestly, I was in school a little bit. Um, I was trying to go to, I was trying to go to college, but then my mom, the health wasn't the best. Uh, So she ended up um, losing her job and stuff because she just couldn't work. And so I was trying to get a job and I didn't have a car at the time and yeah, but just walk everywhere, putting in applications, going to libraries and stuff. Um, to just use the internet to put in applications. So it was, it was getting kind of depressing because I was getting nothing, like no jobs wanted me because I didn't have the experience or right. it just didn't work with the schedule that I had. So it was very depressing. Then I was going through a bad breakup. Mm-hmm. That took me a while to get through. So um, and I lost some friends that I, I had played football with or known for a while. One was shot and killed by another friend. Mm. Uh, just being idiots playing with, with playing with a gun right so that, that was heartbreaking then i had another friend that got shot and killed in a drive-by i had another mm. friend died in a car accident another friend that died in a car accident and these weren't like gaps i mean these were like back to back to back so i, mean, I was dealing with a lot yeah but um what and then I was working jobs that I just didn't give a fuck about. Like I ain't gonna lie. Like I, <laughs> I was um at the Hardy job was it was it was awesome when yeah. I finally did get hired. But um it became quickly I knew that this isn't where I wanted to be, even though I, I got promoted to be a manager. Yeah. I was doing well, but it just wasn't for me. So I betted on myself and was like, you know what? I'm gonna go work somewhere else. Um, a job that doesn't seem so 
stressful because I was also trying to coach football at the time because I was oh. done playing. Yeah. So I was like, well, let me go try coaching because I felt joy in that. But at first, Hardy's was like, oh, yeah, that's awesome. You're young. Yeah, we'll work with you. We'll give you your schedule and stuff. So yeah. I'm like, great. And after like one season now, they're like, oh, fuck your schedule and fuck your football. You're doing this, this and that, basically. Uh, yeah. And um, it was just like I was in a shitty place where I was like, damn, I had to pick my job over my dream. Mm. And I, I knew from there, I'm like, fuck this shit, man. I, I mean, the money's decent, but I'm like, yeah, I don't want to make money and be miserable. Like, I remember my coaches, my teammates will come through, not teammates, uh, players will come through as I'm working, um, just telling yeah. how practice went or the game, and I felt so bad because, like, I wasn't there to, to witness it. Like, I had one guy who got knocked out mm. at practice. He was one of my best uh, players. In, and Yeah. Um, so this is high school football or? Um, middle school. Middle, middle school, school right. okay. Yeah. And But I wanted to, I was getting my feet wet in it, so I wanted to get to middle school, high school, yeah, yeah. college, hopefully pro one day. Right. <laughs> that was the plan. <laughs> so um, Seems very logical. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, yeah that's, that's, the, that's the what I wanted to do. <laughs> But um, as I was doing it, and um, like I said, Hardy's was not working with me. I made a decision. I was like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm going to go pursue my dream. So, But I have to go to school because if you can't really coach at the high school or college level or pro if right. you have to college. So I was like, I'm going to go to school, but I'm going to work this job because it seemed flexible at the time mm-hmm. um, with my schedule and trying to get in this the college where I was trying to go to. So I, I bet I must have put in my two weeks. And then, unfortunately, I didn't start the job on time. They were bullshitting me. Hmm. They were like, oh, yeah, we're waiting on your background, waiting on your drug test, waiting on. So, like, I'm waiting, waiting, waiting for yeah. a while. And bills aren't stopping, you know. They're right. still coming. And I'm just like, fuck. So, I took this other job where I was delivering bread, which, I mean, don't get me wrong, shout out to my bro. Um, Roberto, actually, he hit me up with the job. Yeah. So, um I was delivering bread for his dad for Martin's bread. Start doing that for a little. That wasn't for me either because you get be a bread o'clock. man. No, well, he used to call me the bread man, and it was funny because like <laughs> my my nickname was Man Man yeah. growing up as a kid. So like my my dad and other people would call me like Man Man the bread man. Oh shit! Huh. And they're like Man Man the bread man, man. And that was an experience because in Fayetteville, back to talk about Fayetteville. Yeah, um, it's very uh, there's a lot of poverty too. Like, mm. there's a lot of homeless people out here, too. So, like, I would donate the bread if I can. You mm. know, like, if I had leftover bread, I would give them to uh, food banks. I would give them to people that's around. Because yeah. where our depot was at, we had to get up 3 in the morning, 3.30 sometime in the morning, load up our trucks of bread and run our routes. But there would be people yeah. as we're loading. Be like, hey, can you help us out, man? We're homeless. Like, some guy had his family one time, a pregnant girlfriend. Yeah. Man, I felt so bad, man. And um, his name was Josh. I never forget it. Yeah. And he, he used to help just do anything because he's like i don't like people just giving me stuff let me try to help you guys out so he would load our trucks up and, yeah and everything and you know i'll try to give him a couple of dollars if i had it or and definitely some bread but yeah anyway <laughs> good going off topic a little bit just doing that um i knew that job wasn't for me either so yeah i bet it on myself finally did get the job but it took forever mm. so now like i'm facing eviction um like i said uh, bills are still piling up i had a dog uh, you know so i had to get food for him and yeah still taking care of my family so i'm like damn it man so fine but now the paychecks are rolling but i'm a little f- too far behind mm. so 
now it's time for me to go. So I actually just had enough money where I worked. So I live in like a hotel for a okay. little bit with, with my family and my dog. So I wasn't completely, completely homeless, but still yeah. it's, it's not good when you had a home and then, or not an apartment. And then now you got to go into a hotel yeah. and you have a key and you know, it's crazy. I don't have my wallet on me, but I keep that key in my wallet all the time mm. because I used to meditate and in my car, like, man, I'm going to get out this position. I'm going to get out of this position. This is all going to mm. work out. And I was Smart, meditating. Yeah. And I still, to this day, I still have that key in my wallet. Um, I should have returned it because I probably, they probably want that $2.50 <laughs> back. Now I think about it, but, um, <laughs> it's a key deposit. but it's, it's, yeah, it's still good motivation, you know? So yeah, uh, luckily I got out of that. It took a few months, but, um, depression really, really started kicking in then because then I'll start to lose weight because now I'm, I'm kind of feeling like a failure, but also uh. like, you know, I know this isn't going to last, but then I lost a really good best friend of mine's, um, um she committed suicide and mm. that hurt so bad because she was so tough and she went into the military and she went overcame so much and wow. she got stationed at Fort Bragg. So I was like, awesome. You're not that far from me. And I remember messaging her saying, well, I had so much I want to talk to you about. We had catch up since high school. Yeah. And, I mean, I was, I love this girl, man. Like, I mean, shout out to, I mean, I could, we call her Jocko for sure. You know, Jocelyn, but um, yeah. I, I I was in love with this girl too, man. Like when mm-hmm. I first met her, she was just so beautiful and so down to earth. We used to listen to Mac Miller on the back of the bus all the time, <laughs> and and she introduced me to him, and I became a big Mac Miller fan back in before he even passed. And then when he passed, we like were like talking for like a good like four or five hours reminiscing on stuff. I mean, it just hit me hard. I mean, I wanted to take her to prom and stuff, and then I ended up moving because my parents split. It was just yeah. So, detailing but when she passed it, it hurt so bad and um so how do you find positivity then when when you have a string of you know tough events how do you keep a positive outlook now because you seem like a pretty happy dude is there a major change is, or i had to really change the way i thought you know because that's why i always tell people you know it's not a bad life it's just a bad moment you know, Diamond Dallas Page was a famous wrestler, and he does DDP yoga. It's real popular, <laughs> and uh, yeah, you know. So, um, wait, did you say he does DDP yoga? Yeah, he uh, he created it. I mean, he invented. It's one of the <laughs> top. I mean, it sounds funny, but it, it's one of the top yogas in the world. I mean, this this guy's a millionaire off this stuff. He was on Shark Tank and everything. Wait, wait so mean, an ex uh, wrestler thing. is not doing yeah. yoga. Is there world any elbow champion. drops involved? Is there <laughs> no, but he does do the the bang and all this other <laughs> stuff. I mean, but he he calls some of his positions like wrestling moves, which is funny. Yeah, but um, I mean, his story is amazing too because he started wrestling real late in the game. Like he was thirty five, yeah. starting off, and most wrestlers start off in their teenage years, maybe early twenties. He started at thirty five because he was kind of like most people. Just yeah. settle, doing their job, whatever. But then he always had a desire, man, I want to try this. Mm-hmm. And finally got the confidence, and which is a big thing too for all my viewers and reviewers. Um, confidence is a real big thing. Yeah. And he finally had the confidence to say, fuck it, I'm going for this. I mean, started <laughs> at 35. Being a rookie in a professional wrestling world is not something you do, but he this climbed Wrestling is a young man's game. Like, I'm, I'm 44. Yeah, man. I can't be doing flying power bombs off the, off the ropes. Yeah, exactly, man. It's and ridiculous. It's crazy to think that, like, most people would have never succeeded starting at 35. Yeah. But he had that drive. He had that determination. And he changed his mindset. And 
he did it. He won the world title multiple times. He became very successful. Yeah. And I kind of just started changing my mind. That's one thing he always talked about. Mm-hmm. And also my football coach and other football coaches I've talked to before, where they always say, oh, when they get to a losing team, that sucks. Yeah. You know, let, let's use, um, you guys are in Vegas, let's use the Las Vegas Raiders for an example. No, they're they not the suck. best team. <laughs> yeah, like I said, they're, not, they're not the best team. They don't suck, but they're not the best team out there. But what a true, like, uh, amazing coach would do is not think about the players they don't have, you know, or they can't get. They'll try yeah. to make the ones they got better. And it always starts with the mind. So that was yeah. what I was basically just meditating off of that stuff, thinking like, man, okay, let me change my mind. Mm. You know, sure, you know, it's hard, you know, being sorry, something went nigh. <laughs> but Tears it's hard. of joy. <laughs> basically, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, to get because you think about how the Steelers don't have Mahomes. Yeah, man, you know we got Big Ben and he's done great for us, but he's getting old. His time is coming up. He's not much younger than Brady. No, he's younger than Brady. That's the thing. But he plays, but he plays older than Brady. It's crazy. (laughs) Ben, but Ben through some, he has some injuries. But um, I'm gonna add a tangent story to your question about like going through kind of maybe a tough time and finding motivation for me was. I hated working at that Macy's job. I, I fucking hated oh, it. So like let, me, let me try to walk you through an eight hour day. I, I come in, there's a box, you open it up. There might be uh, dresses, uh, shoes, mm, perfumes, who knows? It, it could have been dresses. It doesn't matter. Uh, so there's panties. Sm- there were sometimes panties. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah there was. So if you if you have to fold the shirts inside, there's small, medium, large, and you just gotta fold, 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 fold. Get the next box, fold, 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 mm-hmm. and that was that was basically it for eight hours. And I remember mm-hmm. specifically folding and telling myself, "What am I doing with my life? I'm a fucking robot. Mm-hmm. My hands just grab a box, fold, 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 grab a box, fold, 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 grab a box." And I remember just eight hours a day. I'm like, "What the fuck am I doing?" This mm-hmm. is like my brain has so much more capacity for than this. Mm-hmm. I need to get out of this. I fucking need to get out of it. And it took about uh, six months be found, before I found a path. Um, mm. An uncle told At least told, you found it, bro. Yeah, I had an uncle that just said, hey, go try out this computer school. I know you like computers. Um, the name of it's Coleman, Coleman uh, College. And I was like, okay, I'll give it a shot. I went over there to their counselor. And I just freaking, I just went, I just dived in, I signed the contract and I was, I was there. But that, that moment in Macy's was a focal point for me, never, ever wanting to get back to that. To me, what, I mean, Mm. respect to the six, eight people that work there. I'm not downplaying them. It's same. Yeah. It's just whatever. That was the thing to me, the lowest point of my, my life at that point up to then, I just didn't want to get there ever again. You should try folding uh, children's jeans when you're 55, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't forget your roots. <laughs> yeah, for real. Don't forget your roots. He's probably but 70 you now. You think he's still there? I, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I would hope not, man. But, you know, that's that's so true, though. Like, your Macy's point, like, you're doing this. And to me, I think that's where you reach, like, what the fuck am I doing with my life? Like, mm-hmm. this is, like, the lowest point in my life right now of as far as working, like, I'm I'm capable of this, and I like I applaud you because a lot of people, especially even here in Fayetteville, like they don't know how to break that cycle. They don't. Sometimes they just go with the flow, you know. Mm-hmm. Like the guy we joked a little bit, you know, maybe he's seventy now doing it, but 
I mean, he he probably would be. If he was in Fayetteville, I guarantee he probably would. Like, yeah. there's a lot of people that have that mentality. Like, they just rather do the same old, same old. Yeah. It's secure. It's a guaranteed paycheck. Yeah. You know, I, if I, I could have been doing Try the same shit with Trying not to be homeless here, man. Yeah, you know, like, exactly. Like, I could have been doing the same exact shit when I was doing with uh, Martin's Bread or Hardee's. And yeah. I'll still be there to this day, probably. But I took that chance, and I had to go through the mud. But yeah. I got out of it, and now, you know, I'm podcasting. It's growing every day. I have one of the most successful jobs I ever had in my life, making more money than I ever had in my life, taking care of my family, my, you know, even yeah. their family, family, nice. uh, putting people in different positions, you know, giving them spotlights, people from Fayetteville. That, like, I just promoted an episode. Uh, a lot of these guys are from Fayetteville, yeah. you know, trying to help put them out there, you know. And if I would have never left, or have that, you know, confidence or that fuck it in me, you know, where I'm like, I have to go for this. I would still be literally, I would be at Hardee's. I would still be at Hardee's. I know I would. And yeah. you would still be at Macy's just doing this. Yeah, if yeah. You, like, I need more. Like, I need better for myself. I, I, I don't know if you guys are better off, though, because you went from full, full, full to uh, edit, edit, edit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> doing long and, hours uh, editing. And no money on, on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Dumbasses. <laughs> Don't listen to these know, guys about the success. The, the seventy-year-olds looking at this shit right now, I'm like you fucking dumbass. At least I'm still making money. Stupid but, uh, kids jerking off on the internet, talking to each other. But, <laughs> at, at, but, that, um, at that Missy's job, about a about a month in, I remember. So I I was hating my job even the first day. I think it was. And then yeah. a month in, oh, um, those they, are the best ones. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, about a month in like two, uh, two younger people around my age, I think, uh, I think they were like, uh, 20 and 22 years old. And uh, when they, they're, um, they just got hired. So I was like, Oh cool. Someone my age. Cause the other ones at fresh meat. Yeah. Well, fresh meat. That was <laughs> someone I could relate to. Oh, okay. Uh, Cause uh-huh. everyone else is like, kind of like 30, 30 them. and up or something. So then I, I was like, cool. Like I get to interact with some younger people but the thing that i hated the job so much i went up to them one day and i was like hey you guys enjoy enjoy this job and they looked at me with like these kind of like confused (laughs) eyes they're like they they looked at me like this is a job yeah and i'm like do you no no do you enjoy it do you hate or do you really hate it like i do they looked at me all weird they're like this is a job man yeah i so i was like okay so it blew your mind right like no, if it, if it wasn't, if, it would, if I enjoyed it, you wouldn't have to pay me to show up. <laughs> <laughs> That's how the jobs work, mm. man. But I guess, I the, guess the, the, the but thing I saw on them where they, they were okay with just staying there and doing that job. And for me, yeah, I had to go, yeah. I, I wanted yeah. to move on. I didn't want to stay there and they're comfortable. And I mean, mm-hmm. they, each to each their own really, but that was just, yeah. uh, uh, for me in my life, I needed something more. I wasn't fulfilling mentally. Exactly. Exactly, and there's no there's no knock to anybody that's working at Hardy's mm-hmm. or working at Macy's or anyone we'll see, or any yeah. nine to five or whatever. Like a, philo- a philosopher might uh, question you guys and go, "Look, maybe you're just fooling yourselves. If you could learn to be happy at a job, then you'd have a paycheck." Mm-hmm. Exactly, and that's what I just want to say. I'm like, Instead if you of all find these fulfilledness, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if you find the the fulfill the fulfill, ah, can't even words out now. Fulfillment, uh, fulfillment. Thank you. In doing that, and you're providing, you're taking care of your family, you're and you're good mentally, like your mental health and all that. Yeah. Then, you know, I applaud you. I mean, that's that's what it's about. 
Yeah. But if you're not happy and you feel like you you're, you deserve more than just doing this or me doing fucking this and stuff like that, you know, flipping burgers or telling people what to do, yeah. Then it's time to change because there's a lot of people, especially like like I talk to a lot of older people. I love old people. They're they're the coolest and they have no filter. <laughs> <laughs> Promise. <laughs> And a lot of their stories is so heartbreaking when they, like, I ask them, hey, like, what was your dream? Like, what uh-huh. was, what, was, what did you want to do in life? And some will be like, man, I really wanted to be an architect or I really wanted to be, um, ho- like, host my own gym mm-hmm. or uh, have my own business or whatever. And I'm like, well, why didn't you? Like, no offense, you know, like, what, what stopped you? Yeah. A lot of times it was their confidence or they're like, man, I, I had kids real early and my I can't feed my kids dreams, you know, or, yeah. you know, um, they're like, oh, man, I just never realistically thought that that could be me, you know, and, yeah. you know, I understand to that point where you're like, you know, you do have family, so you have to provide you. Kids can't eat dreams. You can't put dreams on kids' backs right away. Right. Eventually, you can. They need dinosaur-shaped nuggets. Exactly. (laughs) They need them dinosaur-shaped nuggets, them smiley fries. They need (laughs) all that shit immediately. And that's what you're thinking. You know, you're like, I can't think about, like, some people, you know, they're like, hey, man, you know, if I wanted to achieve my dream, it's going to take me, let's say, five, ten years. But in five, ten years, kid's going to be five or ten. And you can't feed them that shit. So I understand from that point, if you look at it like that, yeah. but what I would challenge them is, okay, yes, continue to provide for your family. What can you do on your free time? And then some will say, I don't have fucking free time. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like, motherfucker. Yeah, you do. You have to change the way you think. You know what I'm saying? Like me and you were talking, you know, where I was like, yeah, I'm working these 12 hours, still trying to do the show and edit and all this other stuff, man. It's been hard to really just even pay attention to fill out the form. Yeah. And and thank God you're cool because I didn't even fill out the form. I just said, bro, I'm open book. Let's talk about anything. But, you know, and, and we, we discussed some things, you know, like. I waved my rights. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> but, um, you know, you have to learn to try to make time. Sure, you're going to have long hours, lack of sleep, you know, like me, long hours, lack of sleep, writing paragraphs for weeks on shit, notes, all that. But I know down the line, it's going to be worth it. you got to have that belief, like, this is all going to be worth it one day. And that's what I, I got out of my depression. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's still a fight, like, I ain't going to lie, every day, mm. you know, there's something that could trigger it. But you got to remind yourself, it's a bad moment, not a bad life, and it's going to be worth it in the end. That's a good slogan, I like that. I like Thank that you. expression. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Thank yeah. you, man. I want to kind of bring a tangent story. Uh, sorry, were you going to say something? Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. I was just going to say, yeah, yeah. that's that's kind of how I'm wired because a lot of people ask me that too. Like, they're like, hey, you seem like you're in such a good place now, Elvin, or you're so happy now. Like, I remember one of my friends showed me a picture of what I looked like just some years back and yeah. what I look like now. And they're like, damn, you look like a completely different person. You look like you got the Lord in your life. You look like you're shining. Like, here, you look struggling. You look like you need a damn sandwich, probably a bath. <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck? You trying to play me? But anyway, but it's crazy. And literally, mo- like, a lot easy has on changed. the compliments there, okay? <laughs> For real, like, but what's really, what, the only thing that's really changed was my mindset, man. And that's so important. And that's why yeah. I'm an advocate for mental health as well. Like, like changing your mindset is the key. Yeah. One of them. <laughs> yeah. well, go ahead, bro. Uh, so I'm, I'm, this is a topic way earlier that we talked about. So kind of, I'm going to say 
my story, I don't think it's nearly as bad as your story of being homeless and, and whatnot, but I'll, I'll explain my, what was going through my mind during mm-hmm. some of the tougher parts of my life. And maybe it could let you reflect on your life a little bit differently too, because sure. I feel like when I hear people's stories, then I could also rethink about my life in a different perspective. Um, so, so now I got to outdo you guys and how, how, how much harder my life was. No, my, he, well, said, he said I was sucking dick for crack. <laughs> <laughs> Podcast is saved by life. Yeah, ugly ass forehead. <laughs> <laughs> it, it got ugly when you laugh and it starts crinkling up, right? <laughs> I, I'm kidding. I know Liv's had some struggles. <laughs> uh, I'd, I've just, I mean, I'd have to point out the two things that I never struggled with. I've never had a day in my life that I didn't have food. I'm so grateful. So yeah. some of the complaints yeah. that I have is, uh, you, I mean, you'll hear in a second, but that's one of the things I've always had. I always had food. I've always had a place to sleep too. I I actually usually say that together. And I mean, I'm not trying to say that because you said you're homeless. I, I, I I tell, I've, uh, I have a friend who's from the, who was raised in the Philippines and came here because he didn't want to be in poverty. He, he, he made his whole, he felt like every effort he did in school and college was to get him from the Philippines to America to stay away from poverty. And when I hear his story and I see it in his work ethic, holy shit, this guy, uh, when I think I'm a decent programmer, that motherfucker is a, he's a machine. That guy could program like 14 hours a day. I don't understand how he could do it. My mind is the fear of poverty, so, pushing him to yeah, succeed. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, Seriously. It's that early trauma. Yeah. Yeah. Like, no. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. So like, not to yeah. cut you off, but yeah, yeah, like that's, that's what drives me, man. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Literally. Like I think about the shit I went through, like, I, when I was a kid, bro, I wish I was you or anyone else where I'm like, I don't have to worry about like mm-hmm. not having anything to eat. You know what I'm saying? There's times I had to eat sleep for fucking dinner <laughs> or drink, <laughs> drink water and just be full off that shit for a while, yeah, yeah. you know, or places to stay, you know, or just a lot of different things, you know, like those were like luxuries to me. And, but to some other people or, you know, I guess the average people or whatever, that's just a, whatever that's life, you know? Yeah. But like your friend in the Philippines, you know, they say he's a machine. And, you know, I think a lot of people, when you go through poverty or go through any type of hard times at an early age, you grow up so fast and you grow up, I'm mm. not ever going back. Like yeah. it's safe to say you're, you're never, I don't like saying the N word, never, but um, oh, um, it's safe to say you there. never. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'll drop the, I'll drop the other one quick, but now I'm just like, yeah, but uh, no, nah, I don't want to say, yeah, but, <laughs> <laughs> exactly but uh i really don't like saying the word never because i've in my life when i say never like i'm never doing this i'm never doing that it actually happened somewhere down the line and then oh. i thought back like damn it i said it so i try not to say i say ever but i will say, never say, lick cocaine off of a hooker's butt <laughs> <laughs> so you, you want to so it's never, not gonna happen never never, like, <laughs> never never never, never, never. No, but, <laughs> but um i try to say ever so i'm like i like it's safe to say you won't ever go back to macy's folding you know it's i won't ever go back to hardy's um it, I, what did you do bro <laughs> you got any fucked up stories uh, from growing up oh, were you, uh, no, that, so for my story so um that's so i was raised my mom and dad divorced when i was seven uh so that i think weighed heavily on my brother and um, that's a different story so he was the older brother i was a younger one i was a little bit a, tiny bit shielded we moved Mm. to a town that was 99 percent white people so that really fucked my identity and that's where i feel that i think 
whether if I could try to um, see in the shoes of either black people or people of poverty that are put in a, I feel like that's my way I connect with their feeling. If mm-hmm. they were not as fortunate, my story was my identity was fucked up. It was always fucked up or until the age of about 22, 24 years old is where I was like, wait, why am I trying to fit in? Why am I trying to be a white person? I'm not mm-hmm. white. I, I tried so hard because I mean, since you since I was seven years old, that was, I mean, one of the, I guess one of the heaviest memories I remember was my best friend. She said, uh, one day when I was seven years old, I said some, I said something and she said to me like, why do you have an accent when you say that? Uh, I was taught Vietnamese when I was up to the, about the age of five. And then my parents said, you know what? Your dad works three jobs a day. You're learning English from now on. No more Vietnamese at home. So even at the age of seven, I had a little bit of an accent and I remember her saying that to me and it hurt me. I was like, fuck, I need to do everything I can to get rid of this accent. And that, I remember that at seven years old, that what, is what I said to myself, to myself. And now actually reflecting on that, that's almost really sad to think that Americans, so many Americans are so privileged. They could learn one fucking language and be okay, English. And they, they don't understand the struggle that someone has from another language learning English. I think it's so fucking privileged and upsetting to me that Americans can think, oh, you need to learn English. Fuck you, man. You are so fucking privileged. You go learn Mm. things around the world. Learn other cultures. Just because you're fucking privileged and your country's so privileged doesn't give you the right to push your agenda on others. So that's that's a little bit of the struggle where as a kid, I was like, fuck, I need to learn English. And I didn't get to reflect it till I was later. But so being, so having... Vietnamese is my first language in America. I was born in America, but Vietnamese was still technically my first language. Yeah. And then, so fighting with English, the accent, I got rid of that pretty quick. That was probably, I don't know, probably when I was nine or 11, it was gone. No, and then to the point yeah, where- you just sound like a punk. I, well, it, <laughs> I'm just kidding, I'm kidding. It turns, it turns the other way. When I started hanging out with, with other Asians, when I was like 19, going, going to a family party, I literally had some, some female She's laughing at me. She's like, you sound so fucking white. And it was, a, it was an Asian, it was an Asian <laughs> woman. She was saying oh, it in man. a fobby voice at me. I got a story for that one. <laughs> so, so I mean, funny. fighting between language and then mainly the identity. That was something I think that hampered. I really do honestly think it hampered my learning in junior high and high school. While everyone was, maybe all the white kids around me could, could focus on math, history, English, football. Yeah, football, whatever they wanted to do, I was focusing on how do I become more white like them? And nobody, you know, mm-hmm. when you're a kid, nobody explains you to this stuff or how to deal with it, what's wrong mm-hmm. and right, what's going to be the future. Mm-hmm. So it was probably around 22 or something in my brain just said, you know what, I'm doing this IT stuff. I'm pretty young. I feel like I'm doing pretty good. Why do I have to try to fit in like all these? Why do I have to try to fit into a, a white person's shoes? I think us moving to Mira Mesa, the predominantly Asian area in, uh, around the age of 19, I think that, that was something that helped because staying around more Asians, it made me feel more comfortable being Asian mm. up to the Definitely age of man. 17, 18, until the age of 18, I was just staying in a predominantly white neighborhood. Um, so I, I, so I, I, never, I never dealt with uh, poverty in the sense of food or home, but I felt I dealt with identity. And I, I feel like if when I look at other people with poverty or if even any racial things, Mexican, black, 
any any minority in America, I have so mm-hmm. much more sympathy, so much more sympathy for them. Mm-hmm. And I would actually uh, sympathy or empathy. I would say sympathy because I, I can't. Yeah, but what you're really talking about is uh, social norms. So whatever environment you're in, do you mm-hmm. fit into that group? So you're talking yeah. about like I'm I'm in a white area now. Do I have to be more like them? And so mm-hmm. I can I can understand emotionally the way you're telling it. It it's definitely traumatic and difficult for a kid for sure. Uh, to, uh, to, oh yeah. To try to navigate like, this without understanding. Mm-hmm. So that's like growing up in Connecticut, man. Like that shit was fucking crazy. <laughs> because, <laughs> I think um, isn't there a famous uh, story about King Arthur in Connecticut or something? Is that, if there is, a, if there is, it past me, man. I, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay. But um, right. you know, I relate so well. Black to kid that, in Connecticut. Though, what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, you know, because um, it's safe to say the minority um rate in Connecticut. Well, different parts of Connecticut. It's very Isn't minor. High. Yeah, very minor. <laughs> so, you know, it's crazy, though. Like, there's so many white people out there, and this ain't me being, you know, racist or just my story. So that was one thing I, I've learned how to do was talk and try to talk kind of like, quote, like that girl said, like a white guy, yeah. you know? So um, I was literally from birth to 12, you know, I was there, you know, where I lived, it was very, you know, like it was poverty to the max. I mean, it was crazy. I mean, fucking, I've seen people get shot. I've seen people get ran over, fucking drugs being sold, needles on the streets, um, crackheads, Connecticut, you name it. Yeah, and Waterbury. Oh, I mean, Waterbury was fucking rough. At one point, Waterbury was like the third worst city to fucking live in the United oh. States. At one point, like it was rough, man. It's Connecticut's and, uh, dirty dark secret. Yeah, it was called the dirty water. Actually, that's what that's right. people call Waterbury. Because um, <clears throat> when you hear like Stamford and uh, places like that, people are like, "Oh yeah, it's great." You know, they think Waterbury. I mean, I worry Connecticut, rich, nice yeah. uh, state. Uh, but there's parts of it that's it's straight up hood ghetto. I mean, dirty water. Uh, long uh, from LHP Long Hill Projects. You know, like it's mm. crazy. You know, is but, this where uh, you get caught riding dirty? <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get caught riding dirty. Okay, <laughs> but um, <laughs> sorry, but sorry funny, to you know, make light of your uh, ghetto experience. That threw me off a little. I was like, Wait, what? <laughs> oh, you put that in the notes, didn't see that. <laughs> <laughs> but now, um, but thinking thinking of back to like you were saying, you know, like um, just learning basically like fitting in because yeah. in Connecticut there was a lot of white people, yeah, and everyone talked very proper, uh, very you know respectful and stuff, yeah. And that's I took that to North Carolina when I came down here. But mm-hmm. I when I moved to North Carolina, I lived in Lillington, which is as country as it can get, bro. Mm. Like I mean, there's co- more country. But like I'm going from <laughs> seeing taxis and city buses and you know all types of buildings and shit to seeing dirt roads and horses and oh. fucking chicken coops that smell like purity shit and oh. uh, long dirt roads. I mean it was it was a big culture shock. You need you need a car, all, you know, to get around. Like nothing's close by. Yeah. So um, do you have to like country big, music down there? You don't have to like it, but you better, <laughs> you better know you better know who the fuck Luke Bryan is, or uh, people are gonna. Uh, People are gonna go crazy here. Like I'm not a country music person. I, there's nothing against it. It's just it's not my thing. But other people around, like when I was growing up, yeah. um, you know, coming to North Carolina, like it's like yeah. you don't know who Luke Bryant is, or you don't know who who fuck was uh, Colin Ray or Billy Ray Cyrus. Or, like, yeah. No, I don't fu- I'm from fucking Connecticut. No, I, I know like I know fucking Nas and fucking uh, no, but they'll they'll they'll, they'll they'll cut me off and be like, oh, I bet you know fucking Beethoven shit. Like 
what the fuck is this debate talking in Connecticut? What, is, what do you think Connecticut? Like, bro, you, you should have seen the fucking uh, obstacles I had to deal with coming to North Carolina. But anyway, to get back to um, actually, so North Carolina, all North Carolinians, have, they have an accent. Yeah, they do. And it's a country accent, which is kind of adorable on some of the girls. But like most people, they got that fucking accent, you know. Yeah. So coming to the state, people are talking to me. They're like, where are you from? You don't have an accent. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm from Connecticut. Oh, that explains it. And I'm like, yeah. what the fuck does that mean? You know, like, what's going on? They're like, oh, man, you sound like a white guy. And I'm like, yeah. huh? You know, and it was just threw me off because I'm like, that's, you know, that's what I was just used to. And there was black people in Connecticut, but not a lot. But yeah. we all talk like this. And there's some Hispanics and stuff. But um, we just talk like me. Yeah. So as I moved to Fayetteville, after my parents split. And it's a lot of, uh, a lot of black people. Mm-hmm. And... I don't fit in at all because now they're like, bro, you you're you talk white, bro. You trying to be white or something? What's yeah. wrong with you? And I'm like, bro, this is how I talk. This is how I was raised. <laughs> you know, like, like you know, I'm I'm sorry, but yeah, I mean, I can't change who I am. So, and then I, I try though. I try to adapt and I try. Yeah. Like even back when I was in Lillington, I tried to have the country accent a little bit. I was saying y'all instead of you all, and I still try to throw it in there once in a while when I do like my promotion stuff. Yeah. But um, <laughs> instead of saying four, I say foe. You know, it's like that. So yeah. I throw it in that accent, but it, it just wasn't working because of force. Yeah. So you're and, learning um, to adapt to your immediate society, then, right? To yeah. These are all social Definitely. skills, right? It's, it's if you Definitely. are too different, then then it's hard for people to relate to you, hard to trust you, hard to feel like but, you're close to them, right? Definitely. And then even hearing like some of my family, like even back up north, I'll talk to them on the phone or whatever. They're like, damn, you sound white. What the <laughs> fuck? I sound like you. What are you talking about? Like to this day, like some yeah. people they'll still tell me, oh, you talk white, Elvin. I'm like, you know how fucking ignorant you sound. So what, what I have to talk in slang all the time for you to understand me? I used to get yeah. so mad, man. Like, I used to be like, do I have to say fucking, you know, like, I, I cuss a lot more now. Yeah. But just just because I just don't give a fuck nowadays. But um, yeah. <laughs> I try to. Don't get me wrong. I'm very respectful, and I don't cuss, you know, at certain points. But when I'm on podcasts, I'm like, whatever. But um, it's crazy, though, because people would say that to me all the time. Like, oh, you talk white or you sound white. You're trying to be white. And it's like, no, like, and yeah. it's sad that you think that just because I could speak, you know, proper grammar and complete sentence without using any type of slang or anything mm-hmm. that you think that I'm trying to be white. Like black people, you're trying to say black people can't speak like that or Hispanics or, you know, whoever. So I used to get real offensive by it and challenge their IQ and shit like that. And yeah. then, or you know what, they're ready to throw their book bag down and now we're about to fight and then I got to fight some motherfuckers and I can't because I'm like, damn it, I'm on a football team and they're going to kick me off and I got goals <laughs> and shit. So yeah, it looks crazy. Then I have to give you an eloquent <laughs> eloquent discussion and explanation yeah. as to why I just punched you in the face. <laughs> exactly. I had, I had to do that, man. And But luckily, a lot. I haven't only been in one fight since I came down into North Carolina. And in Connecticut, though, I used to fight all the time. It was rough, man. Mm. Like, I couldn't get to the dang bus stop to go to school without being in a fight or just someone would say something, you know. Were, were kids picking on you because you were different? Do you think that's what was going on? Yeah, because I, I was probably the only fat black guy in like probably fifty yard radius, not afraid. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, but actually, yeah, I, there wasn't a lot of guys like me, you know. Yeah. So I, that's where I think a lot of the bullying actually did start back then, because I was I was always kind of a fat kid, mm. and then um, being black, being in uh, magnet schools in Connecticut, or mm-hmm. being in some of these nice um, 
it wasn't in a private school, but some of these public schools you would think were private schools in Connecticut. I mean, it was very <laughs> fancy and shit. I mean, it was yeah. nice, man. They had good new textbooks. I come down here and public schools and we got some textbooks that got fucking duct tape on it and shit. And I'm like, damn, yeah. it's bad out here. But, <laughs> yeah. so, but uh, no, I, that could have played a factor into it. But well, so you on know, the, well, actually on the fighting thing, Emmett, you went when you were younger, you were in a predominantly black and uh, Hispanic uh Junior high or high school? Uh, well, so, well, so I mean, my parents moved us around every two, three years. But there was in east, southeast uh, San Diego where you're they're getting fights with you every day. Yeah, I, I grew oh, up in. Yeah. Uh, so I know you was fighting, bro. <laughs> yeah, well, so in Skyline, which is predominantly black neighborhood, uh, we lived there for two, three years, and uh, we'd get on the bus. It was a magnet school thing where they'd bus us to a different school. But mm-hmm, while on yep. the bus, you know, it's me and my brother who are half Vietnamese, half white. And everybody else on the bus is black. So mm-hmm. I got no problem uh, with that. But they were always kind of picking on us because we were different. Um, mm-hmm. So the the thing is, you know, is me and my little brother. So I'm a little bit protective, right? And yeah. you get to a point where it's like, all right, I know what's coming. Let's go ahead and fight, right? <laughs> I, know, yeah. I know where this road goes, right? <laughs> exactly. You're like, cut yeah. the bullshit. Let's just go. <laughs> yeah. Like, so, so the minute anybody starts fucking with me, it's on. Um, you know, this is a kid. You know, this is not a big deal. It's just like I'm 11 or whatever. Um, of course. But the funny thing that happens is the principal is seeing me in there every week. He's not seeing the different kids that are picking on me. So I think the principal starts to think that I'm the problem. Yeah. (laughs) So it's a lack of understanding there. Um, I went through that with my little brother, man. That's crazy. (laughs) Yeah. It's crazy. Oh, go ahead, bro. Do you ever reflect on that and think of, was it mostly uh, blacks or or was it a mixture of blacks and Hispanics that was there, starting those fights with you? There weren't that many Mexican kids on the bus. Uh, it was mostly black kids. It was probably a handful of Mexican kids on the bus. Do you ever reflect that it's, it was in an unfortunate situation where maybe those black kids have stories of maybe their parents getting picked on by white cops or maybe white managers keeping the black person down do you ever reflect and think maybe those kids are picking on you because of the stories that their parents give uh, those I, kids? I don't have any reason to believe that that'd be a quite a stretch I, it seemed more like just kind of child children being children uh you know for example somebody would take my hat and play keep away right so uh, that's that's kind of a normal a normal <laughs> game for kids to play right but yeah. i didn't like that game so i think one time uh, I just ran up to whoever had it last and punched him in the face. And then after four people, nobody was left to take my hat. So <laughs> you knocked <laughs> so, them all out. Well, I mean, I didn't kill them or anything. Word yeah. spread fast. Don't fuck with this kid's yeah, hat. Like you, you get punched in the nose. You're not trying to catch the hat again. Oh, <laughs> so, no. no. Why um, would I try to catch a hat, sir? Oh, my God. I'm leaking. <laughs> so, um, but, you know, I'm not, I'm not out to fight people. It's just that was an unfortunate you know, societal setting where I was the outsider, right? And I didn't think this way as a kid, but looking back, you know, we were ostracized or isolated or treated differently for being different. So, you know, emotionally, I can see where you guys are telling your stories that these are traumatizing events. These, it sucks. It sucks to not be part of the in-group, to be treated yeah. differently in No matter what, you never fit in. Uh, yeah. Ever. Another, no matter how hard you try. <laughs> yeah. I would say another story that uh, that Emmett's been through that I my perspective was different is uh, me and Emmett went to uh, Emmett and I 
We, whatever. Proper grammar. Proper please. grammar. <laughs> we Don't worry, I'm not in Connecticut anymore. I'm not going to come after you. <laughs> we all us people. Yeah, about y'all, y'all too. <laughs> about three years ago, we went to Vietnam, and uh, Vietnam is a third world country. So when they see white tourists, they there's a lot of begging or a lot of begging, and then there's also and or people sellers that selling whether trinkets or hats or whatever, they, they will pr- approach the white person and follow them for Some aggressive sales, uh, like for a half block, they'll follow this white person. And so Emmett looks white he's half, he's half, half Irish, half Vietnamese. And but in of, Vietnam, I look white. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I mean, fit in. I think even here in America, you look more white than Asian. I don't think anybody, yeah, nobody, yeah, a little bit. nobody ever uh, says that you're half Asian. Nobody ever guessed that you're Asian. So yeah, we're in Vietnam and one of the sales guys, and this is probably, I forget, Emmett's probably uh, fifth day out of a two week vacation. And every day he's getting, you know, uh, kind of harassed, right? harassed. I guess yeah. that's the word you could say sales harassed, harassed, but with sales. Mm-hmm. And one day the, uh, the guy puts his hand on Emmett's shoulder after following him for a half block. And the guy's like, buy something, buy something. And Emmett flips out and Emmett's like, stop following me. Stop selling me trying to. And I, I like, Hey Emmett, we're in a communist country back down, dude, back down. Mm-hmm. We do not want any trouble. And on top of that, I've lived a life in America for 35 years where I've always felt the underling, you've always lived near equal with the white people. And when you come to Vietnam, you're put on a pedestal because you're white. So you will never understand the shoes that I've walked through, but just settle down. This is two weeks of annoyance for you while I got 35 years of annoyance back then. So <laughs> Exactly. So you're like, yeah, man, don't compare. <laughs> yeah. So that, that, I mean, when I'm looking at that story, I, I, I think you got, about, you got to move your mic to a different spot. Yeah. I can't look at you. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I see that story a little differently. Um, I definitely was not, it was definitely not in context of a uh, limbs childhood or my position in Vietnam. It's just, you know, the dude harassed me for half a block. And when he put his hands on me, I was like, hey, man, you're crossing the line. Like, I'm not going to buy anything. And you touching me ain't going to move me closer to that. You know, it's just so whatever I was saying, I was polite to him for however many minutes it took him to follow me that far. Polite wasn't working. So that's when I kind of raised my voice a little bit. Uh, I forget what I said, but it was something to the effect of, hey, fuck off. Right. So, (laughs) yeah. Well, one thing I've I've learned even in, in leadership, you know, like, it's like sometimes a nice way doesn't work. Some people are cool where you're like, you could be polite and be like, hey, yeah. you know, not today, man, or, you know, whatever. And they're like, okay, cool, you know, whatever. Then you got some that they, that doesn't register in your fucking brain for whatever reason. So you yeah. have to, I've learned not to be a, like a dick or to be like mean, but I learned to be firm. Mm-hmm. And that, that way has been working excellent. And the corporate world where I'm at even now to, even back to my days when I was um, at Hardee's, because sometimes you, if you flip out, they yeah. might flip out, and then it's a fight. <laughs> when you know how to do it firmly, yeah, where you're, you know, they know, okay, he ain't nothing to fuck with, but you yeah, know, he's not being completely mean about it. So that's that's awesome though. You went through that, and because it's it's a life lesson, really. Yeah, yeah, I I think I mean I know in a third world country there. They're so poor. They don't, their perspective on how much U.S. citizens have and how much money we make, it's, I mean, trying to change that one guy is not going to really help much. And, or the reason why I was saying, hey, we're in a third world country, like 
you do anything, mm -hmm. you get thrown in jail. We're fucked, man. Like we have oh, no yeah. rights here. And don't, you remember the form that we signed on that airplane. If you happen mm -hmm. to remember, you sign your rights away before mm -hmm. you get on the airplane to fly to Vietnam. The U.S. government saying we will we cannot protect you in any way. You have no rights that you that you're used to in America. When you go to Vietnam, you, you sign away everything. Yeah, if I, I remember it differently. I remember that wasn't the main point that you were trying to tell me after that interaction. Oh, I, it, well, yeah, yeah. Afterwards in the car, was I was upset that my, my 35 years in America, I've, I always feel like a, a lower, lower on the totem pole. Yeah. Um, that was, yes, that was definitely a big point I said in the taxi afterwards. But um, if I remember correctly, I was like, uh, I said, uh, Hey, watch out! We're we're in the, we're in another country. <laughs> I agree with you there. <laughs> you got to be careful when you're walking around another country, for sure. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, and back to my even like I, how much I love pro wrestling. It was actually a documentary that they uh, they just did not too long ago. It's called the uh, Collision in Korea documentary for uh, Dark Side of the Ring on Vice. And not to, not to give them a, a plug or anything, but it's it's crazy and funny hearing how their experience was in Korea, yeah, um, North Korea to be exact. Um, Wait, some wrestlers went to North Korea? Yeah, man, this, this happened like 92, 93. Okay. And they went to wrestle because it's supposed to be like some peace thing. So you had WCW, which was World Championship Wrestling. Yeah. You had Japan Pro Wrestling, which is out there in Japan. They were going to come together for a big super show held. Um, <laughs> the guy who organized it was yeah. uh, Antonio Inoki and Eric Bischoff. And they organized the whole thing and they said, okay, and we want to make this big and we want to try to show like um, North Koreans aren't as bad as they're painted as. Yeah. So, because uh, Antonio Noki had connections with their government, with their government and stuff. Uh -huh. So they said, okay, we're going to uh, allow you guys to do the event here. And um, they, they had all this publicity with it. They forced everybody, I mean, literally forced everyone mm. in Korea to go to that event they say if they don't go and fill up the buildings for that week tour yeah. that they were there for they're gonna get shot in the head i mean it was that intense and it's like holy yeah. shit so hearing these wrestlers like rick flair um two cold scorpio talk about it scott yeah. Morris, norton talking about the experience they they said as soon as they got to the country they took their passports mm -hmm. and basically told them hey if you get in any fights you get in, in any type of trouble you know yeah Korea got your ass like you're on your own. <laughs> yeah. So and when I, I mean, you guys some of that, it's all about that story. And then they talk about how their phones were tapped, how yeah. some of their food, if not all of it, were kind of fake. Um, very tough type of um, meat and stuff. They were saying. Yeah. Uh, they said uh, one one guy. He's a comedian. I mean, this guy's funny, but he was like. Um, he said, I was getting a little leery about the chicken they were serving us because <laughs> I noticed every single day that we were um, we would come outside and do like our jogs or whatever. Yeah. They were getting fewer and fewer birds and crows and shit. <laughs> 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 so he was like, yeah. he was like, I don't know, you know, what, what was going on over there. But um, then the one guy, Scott Norton, was talking about how he he called his wife on one of their phones and was like. Oh baby, I hate it here. It's fucking crazy. They and his phone cut off. So he said they, and yeah. he's trying to call back, call back, and then that's when he found out. 
well, first of all, they ran up to his um his hotel, yeah. banging on the door, and told, "Hey, you gotta come with us." And yeah. they brought him into her office and was like, "Hey, you you better call your wife back and tell her that North Korea is a great experience. You're not gonna tell yeah. you know anybody that how bad this country is or blah blah blah. It's a great place." So he was like, "Holy shit, they got our phones tapped." Yeah, Damn, you know, and uh, it was just a crazy experience. And, North Korea uh, is a whole nother level of oppression and author- authoritarianism and control. Control. And then oh, the crazy thing that they don't even know, they don't know how crazy it is to like straight out in the open, tell you what you need to tell people. There's, mm-hmm. They're not even subtle about it or tricky. It's just, Hey, look, here's the rules. You do this or we shoot you. So that's, yeah, yeah. that's <laughs> like kind of crazy. Like, hey, you want to go watch Ric Flair go, woo, or you want to get shot? <laughs> so. Wait, that is so crazy. And then what made it worse though was Flair was talking about in the documentary, and yeah. he's like, "What made it worse is that no one was reacting to nothing." This he said, "This is the first time they ever had over a hundred thousand people in a build or in a building watch wrestling, yeah. and no one's reacting to nothing." He'll do his woo, or he'll do the chop or the yeah. strut, and everyone's just like. Staring blank face, just well, they until don't, the shit's they don't over. know the rules of wrestling. They know how yeah, not to get killed. And, they know how. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it was, it was just crazy hearing yeah. that. You know, and I'm not laughing, joking, but it's just crazy to like us in America, where we're like, oh yeah, you know, you cheer, you boo, you're, you know, you're the people you don't like, you cheer the ones you love, and yeah. he was like, but it was just complete silence. And he said it was just so awkward, and yeah. Uh, like he said, they have him doing all types. They had to go meet like their their dictator who ended up passing away. Mm-hmm. So they had to go to a statue and hand out flowers to him and stuff. Mm. And apparently, this guy was a real like uh, um, I don't know him, but according to the documentary, <laughs> I mean, it was like he was a real piece of shit. Like, and they're like, so they got Ric Flair and all these other guys throwing flowers honoring him and how bizarre it was because they're like yeah. they were in their country, you know, back in the U.S. They wouldn't do that, you know, yeah. like. It was just crazy. So, if, yeah, hearing, I, if you haven't seen it, I think you would be highly amused. There's an epic rap battle on YouTube of uh, <laughs> Hulk Hogan and Macho Man versus Kim Jong Un. Oh gosh, no, <laughs> I haven't. <laughs> like, everybody, I haven't, go find yeah, that right yes, now. <laughs> For real, I have to watch that because I, I used to watch those. Like I remember back in the day. Yeah, I remember in school. I would watch. Um, they had some like Darth Vader versus Hitler, or yeah. they had um, oh, yeah. man, they had um, Abraham Lincoln and Chuck uh, Norris. Yeah, like they, they had yeah, some. That's one people, of my favorites. Mitt Romney, Obama. Yeah, like they had some people. <laughs> um, my, my other favorite one is uh, Stephen Hawking versus uh, Einstein. That's a pretty funny rap battle. <laughs> you bring you bringing it back now, man. I have to I have to go back. I never knew they had Macho Man and Hogan against. Um, I mean, in light of this discussion, it is perfect. Some funny stuff. <laughs> I'm about to watch that. <laughs> you know, we were talking to a dude in Miami, and he brought up a story recently where uh, I guess the IKEA in is it Atlanta and IKEA Atlanta. in Atlanta, they mm-hmm. provide like a cafeteria meal to their employees at the IKEA. And mm-hmm. in celebration of Juneteenth, they were like, hey, let's give everybody some uh, fried chicken and watermelon and collard greens. <laughs> no. It's going to be a traditional. Oh, shit. So <laughs> I, I think your reaction right now is kind of what everybody's like. We're laughing because that is seems racist, right? Is that the. For real, yeah. <laughs> not funny. It's yeah. really not. But it, it's like, Damn. <laughs> <laughs> over here, over here in North Carolina, bro, yeah. I promise that is the fucking stereotype. Like, yeah, like I remember um, 
you know, I think we talked a little bit about racism before in yeah. the notes pr- previous, but um, <clears throat> I have dealt with some racism in Lillington like crazy. And yeah. I love Lillington. There's some people that are awesome. They treat me great. There were some that treated me like shit yeah. just because I was black. Um, and yeah. just to bring up the stereotype, like um, I remember one time at school, like we had a field trip. Yeah. And um, a couple of the guys, and I mean, these were like, people that worked there uh-huh. you know like that we went we went on this little tour or whatever and they were like all right guys we're about to serve um lunch to you guys and um wait where'd you go on a tour to? uh it's supposed to be to uh it was in wilmington but we're supposed to go to see uh blackbeard's pirate ship oh okay and like explore and tour it, and then we we're gonna go like eat this restaurant whatever yeah and they will serve us and shit yeah. And they were giving us like some type of like Alfredo or some some stuff like that. Some yeah. bread. And one of the guys that was there that was serving the shit was like, he's like, hey, we got Alfredo and breadsticks and, and uh, juice here. Sorry, we don't got the fried chicken, warm out and Kool-Aid, though. Yeah. But, you know, this is OK, too. And I remember looking at this. And some other friends like, hey, don't worry about that guy. Fuck him, you know. And yeah. we, we just walked away, but it was like, damn, like you yeah. just think like I'm like for one, oh have you know motherfucker. I don't even like watermelon like that. I'm more of an orange <laughs> guy. <laughs> Number two, fried chicken's all right, but I like it. I prefer my shit sauteed or baked. And yeah. then three, I haven't drunk Kool-Aid in years, bitch. So, you know, I, I, I was ready to go off on like that, but luckily yeah. my friends calmed me down. So I just told them that shit I was gonna say to him before yeah. they pulled me away. But yeah, I'm sorry. That's fucked up that they serve that at Juneteenth. So, well, <laughs> celebration. Oh god. Well, I know it's a stereotype, but I'm trying to understand. Yeah. I mean, don't we all like fried chicken? I exactly. Mean, don't we all like watermelon? It's it's so funny that you say that. And yeah. I'm sorry to throw you like I, I no, got go so many it. stories and shit. But like um there was a survey I saw and they had with all the ethnicity groups and shit on who love fried chicken yeah like the most and other stuff like yeah. just a stereotype like they had some for people that, like vietnam people like with rice and stuff you yeah know? And they had, but like the numbers like surprised people where they were like i think it was like 59 percent um yeah of white people or you know caucasian i should say white people but white love fried chicken <laughs> <laughs> like like they love fried chicken more than black people That's like delicious. on the percentage yeah, and yeah. and then like and black people love rice more than what I, I mean that's what the, the thing said, but like white uh, black people love rice more than the uh, Asian people that they had. Yeah, like from this survey, and I'm like the stereotype, like and then like watermelon was ranked like the second highest fruit, but it wasn't the highest amongst like black. Like it was, I wish I had the the link and everything. Now we need but, to know uh, what the number one black people fruit is. Yeah, well, I, I prefer orange. <laughs> so, I mean, that's that's just me personally. I prefer the orange, give me but orange um, any day. yeah, like you give me orange, orange juice, man. I'll take that shit any day. But um, watermelon is not it, like I just it, for me, it don't even have a damn taste. Like it's just water, yeah. you know, and seeds, and I mean it's red, but like I. Don't, <laughs> but that's funny yeah. that you say like that was. Um, because if they if they had done that in North Carolina, bro, I promise you there would have been a fucking riot. Well, I mean, this, this <laughs> I don't know Atlanta, how it was so in yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, and I mean Atlanta, yeah, is most mostly black people are in Atlanta. So I mean, yeah. how did that end? But what I'm, I'm trying curious. to understand, yeah, I, I get it. It's a it's a stereotype, but I'm trying to understand. I mean, how's that different than say Cinco de Mayo? Then you go serve a bunch of tacos. Is yeah, because that... that's that's fucked up too. No, God but I mean, should we not eat? foods related to the 
to the day. I mean, no. it's, it's a weird, it's a weird line, it's right? A it's a weird, weird line. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, on Chinese New Year, if you give me some rice and some, uh, you know, some, some barbecued pork in a Chinese style, some orange chicken, am I going to be pissed off for the Chinese people or am I going to be like, oh, I like orange chicken and rice. I don't know. Like, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how you distinguish this, the two. Is in this day and age, in this day and age, and like everyone's so offensive of every fucking thing. Yeah. Like we're offending people right now as we speak because of just the way we're speaking. Right. Like it's crazy. But yeah. um, one thing I've learned about this culture, um, like cancel culture shit and all that stuff. Yeah. Like it seemed like it's best to not even like ever mention the stereotype. So like for Juneteenth, mm-hmm. like they better be serving fucking pizza or everyone's outraged <laughs> for right. Cinco de Mayo. They, no one, everybody, they never even better mention taco. Like it's fucking pasta, you yeah. know, like, or if it's, um, let's see, holiday? that seems weird to me. Then like, let's, it, it is, you know, it's, it's really weird. Huh. It is, but it's, it's not offensive because they're like, Oh, you got us this because I'm black or you got this because I'm, um, yeah. you know, Mexican and, and some like I've seen corporations do this shit before, and they're not thinking like from that point. They're thinking, "Oh, black people love this, or yeah. or uh, Hispanics love this shit. Let's let's get it. You know, show them that we appreciate them. We're equal." And they gotten a lot of backlash from that shit because like, yeah. "Oh, you uncultured fucks! You think that we all <laughs> like this? Like, and <laughs> it's not funny, but it's funny. So, it can be funny. So this- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Give me the goddamn burrito. <laughs> For real. Like, you know, me personally, yeah, I'm like, oh, yeah, give me that shit. But, like. So, this question <laughs> came up when we, uh, Emma and I were doing a podcast, and that other, we were cross pod, uh, we're cross podcasting with another podcast. Mm-hmm. And Just then, bros doing podcasts, yeah, man. Basically, that. So, then uh, one of the uh, watchers wrote a message, and she said, Juneteenth, Juneteenth, if Juneteenth is about. The emancipation of mm-hmm. of uh, black people from slavery. Yeah. From yeah. slavery, yep. And then, so now I'm trying to think. She's just trying to say, well, if you have a new Chinese New Year's, that is the celebration of of Chinese culture and the mm-hmm. New Year. Whereas emancipation of black people is slavery. So then, giving f- their type of food for that day doesn't make sense. That's what was her. That that was her point. I kind of understand some of it. The thing that I, I, okay, this, you guys could correct me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. I yeah. feel like Juneteenth then would also still be a celebration of black people. Not that it's, it's, yes, it's a yeah. celebration of freedom from slavery. Yeah. But mm-hmm. it still is also, in my opinion, I think that would also mean the celebration of black people at the same time. But yeah, maybe I'm misunderstanding it all. So I, no. I do understand Emmett's point, like having, Chick, uh, fried chicken and watermelon. That if that is black people's culture, or if it's, if if there's a, a cultural historical reference to that, yeah. then maybe offering that isn't as offensive as it seems with all the fearful cancel culture stuff that's going on. If that makes sense, mm. yeah. And that's that's the thing though about the cancel culture is because like, to some like I mean like me and you, you know, we're like. Whatever, cool. You know, they serving us shit. I'm just happy they're serving us shit. Yeah, I got free lunch. Yeah, you know, free lunch, man. Better than that fucking, you know, turkey and cheese sandwich I was going to eat. But to to the cancel culture people, 
they're like, nah, fuck that. That's offensive as hell. Yeah. Why don't you give us pizza or Alfredo or even Sam? We will take the turkey and fucking Sam to this point. Yeah. Why are you gonna, how dare you serve us fried chicken and watermelon or something like that? Like, yeah. So it really just depends on the people. And, you know, like I said, I talk to old people a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I love older people. They're, like I said, they're funny. They have no filter, all that good shit. And um, they're, they're saying, oh, well, well, okay, there's something that I've been. Eh, fuck it, we're on podcasting. Call out the old <laughs> people. Some, yeah, like I had some old people like, man, this generation, your generation is, is a bunch of fucking pussies. They yeah. they grew up off of South Park, but now they're offended by everything. Yeah. Or grew up off of Beavis and Butthead and Family Guy, but they're offended by everything. Yeah. I have some that are like, uh, well, I get that they're trying not to, you know, or trying to break the cycle of fucked up shit that people say and do and all that. Yeah. But they're going about the wrong way. They cancel the wrong shit or they get mad about the wrong shit. Mm-hmm. So it's it really just depends on, I guess, on the person. Personally, yeah. if my job came <laughs> I'm trying not to laugh. <laughs> if my job was like, well we're celebrating Juneteenth guys and hey guys. Uh, we appreciate you know all your hard work and communication. We're all about equality and diversity. Yeah. But here's some fried chicken and Kool-Aid and, and yeah. watermelons for all of your troubles. I guarantee you there will be so many people pissed walking out, ready to fucking fuck up everything in there. Like it, yeah. it, it's crazy. Well, hey, like, let me, really let me ask you this though: Isn't it uh, isn't it Gay Pride Month also? Pride Month or something? Uh, yeah, or so, I think they're. Um, I think it's May than than June. Well, so what I if think. for uh, Pride Pride Day or whatever the company rolls out and goes, "Hey, we got rainbow cupcakes for everybody." Who wants a rainbow? Yeah, and, cupcake? That, and that that would offend people. That or if they try to give off um, stuff that says, you know, um, damn it, like I mean, if they had like things like you know. We we love LGBTQ yeah. or we accept the LGBT. They might appreciate that, but if you start putting like rainbow cupcakes or rainbow cakes, and they may get offended by it. They're like, "Are you making fun of us, or are you really?" See, but that's trying what I understand. To- Why is that not cool? But then it's cool to paint a, a sidewalk, a crosswalk in a rainbow. Like that doesn't make sense to me. Why yeah. a rainbow can be good in a crosswalk, but not in a free cupcake? It, I've had some people that are like in that LGBT community and they don't like that shit. Like they feel like a lot of corporations, they don't mean it. They're not really for gay people. They're doing shit like that. Just, just to sell, you know, um, or to keep face or to sell uh, merchandising products and stuff like that. Yeah. Corporations that make money. Yeah, definitely. Like even there was, there was some during the the riots and stuff that was happening after the George Floyd stuff where they were like having black lives matter, and stuff on their sidewalks or on their their company window and stuff. Yeah. And some were questioning, like, "Hey, are they truly, you know, for the cause, or are they just trying to make money?" No, but see, I think you're making it too complicated now. If you for the cause, then take all the support you can get. Why are exactly. you gonna exactly? Yeah, like be happy or don't. Like, don't make it super. Com- don't keep finding ways to get pissed off. Like, figure out what the fuck the you want. Culture. Yeah, that's the culture. Yeah, figure out what the fuck you want and just go for that. Exactly. <laughs> I would say. I mean. The intent is uh, that's where I would probably have like an issue with it because those corporations, they're just doing it for the money. They're going to they don't even care about the the movement of it, whether whether say we agree or don't agree on that movement. But the people in that movement care about it. Yeah, but the stupid thing Mm -hmm. is to expect a corporation to care about anything other than a problem. Then the corporation should not do anything. Just stay out of it. Do not lie. And that's what and that's what a lot of the that's all advertising is. Yeah. So they yeah, need to stop that, fucking advertising the, lies. Yeah, 
<laughs> we'll, we'll wait for the day that. But that's where a lot of like the LGBT community, like around, especially when, the ones I know in North Carolina, like they were pissed about it because yeah. they're like, "Fuck it, if you don't like us or don't appreciate us or whatever, just be straight up with it." Like Chick Fil A, yeah. Like they, I mean, down here in North Carolina, people love Chick Fil A, but the LGBT fried community chicken. can't stand. Yeah, fried chicken. There you go. <laughs> but they they can't stand fucking Chick Fil A down here because they yeah. didn't say anything, they didn't do anything. Uh, but they respect them because they're like, okay, that's your line. You you crossed your, you know, you drew your line. Like, okay, I'm not going to open on Sundays and I'm not supporting you guys. We ain't going to say nothing bad about y'all and not post right. nothing, you know, to, you know, discredit anything that you guys are doing, your movement, but mm-hmm. we're just not participating. And a lot of people that I've talked to that I know, mm-hmm. they respect that more than, let's say, um, let me see, I'm trying to look at something in my house that's close by scotch tape (laughs) scotch tape make lgbt fucking community like tape and or rainbow tape and be like yeah wait why are you slandering 3m right now (laughs) (laughs) just this is an example you know where like they're like they're like hey scotch tape out there on the at the parades or are they you know but so are they donating but if Scotch oh, Tape didn't make rainbow tape, and and, and then what would you say? Well, then what, maybe a flag company can't make rainbow flags. Then where are the LGBTQT people gonna get their rainbow products? If somebody doesn't true. make it, where do they get it from? No, they would. I mean, that's true. you can't be making your own flag. Some, some yeah, they'll print. probably make it themselves. Does everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can't make your own Scotch Tape. <laughs> <laughs> now, nah, probably not the Scotch Tape, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like it, it depends, and it, it really depends on the person. But a lot of people are just followers, man. Like there's some that probably truly don't even give a fuck, but they're like, oh, well, there, there's a big uproar. Let me get, let me get mad because they're mad, you know. And well, so there's a, there's a social skill of fitting in with whatever the people around you are doing, right? This is a very safe yeah. road because I mean, we just talked about struggling by not being like the people around us. Mm-hmm. So if you're if you're if you're smart in a social way, you're going to be like, you know what, whatever everybody around me is doing, that's what I'm going to do. Yep. And that's that right. goes around a lot. We've seen that a lot last year with um, people uh, or how even still this year with the COVID vaccines and non vaccine people. Yeah. Like we've, we've seen people with our uh, joining groups because it, like a lot of them were saying no mask and a lot mm-hmm. were saying mask or Black yeah. Lives Matter, what the George Floyd thing happened, mm-hmm. where, you know, they were like, you know, oh, everyone's saying Black Lives Matter, but then there's some that were like, no, yeah. all lives matter. You know, I think, we're, was, I think we're onto something here where if, there, if there's a skill and a safety and a, a human psychology to fitting in with your group, right? I mm-hmm. think the complicated thing now is that we have all this technology that allows me to talk to a dude in North Carolina right now, whereas in the past your immediate surroundings were your little town, right? The people that yep. you physically saw, you know, you couldn't see outside of that. Yep. So that was that was your social norms and, and the rules you had to follow. But now it's gotten really complicated because here we are talking about LGBT protesters that, you know, you hear a lot of news about transgender people. Like, I don't know any transgender yeah. people. Like, I mean... I'm in Las Vegas, a city, two million people. I'm not gonna say they're not out there. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying yeah, I, I, was, I don't run across them every day. So how do I know? How is that part of a community? How do we now take into account all of these different sets, all these different rules, mm-hmm. all these different considerations? And it, I think it has turned into a very complicated uh, equation, right? An algorithm that may be unsolvable. And that's extremely. I mean, to take it back to when I was seven years old, talking with an accent. 
I feel like I had to spend my every effort to figure out what words I was saying, what sentence I was saying and what, who I would offend. And I've carried that through my entire life. I think it's easier just to say, be wholesome in everything you do and think about every action, every word. I, I think most people don't. Yes. I, I, I see in so many people, they don't think about what they're saying. And mm -hmm. I take the time before I try to, before I say something, I think, okay, is this going to offend that person? It's a, it's a microsecond of thought, but nobody does it. And I feel like I'm one of the few people that do. And I could see I, mm -hmm. some people would say, well, that's like walking on eggshells. I'm spending too much of my time thinking about yeah, it. Yeah. But we live in such a fucking connected world. Spend the fucking time to think about it. That's my opinion. It's um, true, though. You're yeah. Especially in our, in our work, you know, being in the podcast industry, like, we don't know who the fuck's going to listen to this shit. Yeah, yeah. There's people that's listen to this right now is going to be offended because I'm cussing, like, every other word. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's people that's going to be offended because Asshole. we're talking about... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Assholes and foreheads, you know? Like, like <laughs> all day. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I might make a I might make a shirt like that. I'll send it to you guys. Like, you know, like and foreheads, you know. But my I, sister, I, she does she does custom shirts, so I might just don't uh, put any Chinese letters on there. No, no, because no, then we're gonna mess around and and the cancel culture should be mad at us. Uh, I would say that's the beauty about the three hour format, at least, is if someone gets upset at me saying something or Emmett or you, then mm -hmm. they got three hours to fucking change their mind. If they if they still feel angry and they haven't caught on, like, hey, these are three dudes that seem to care about humans, seem to care about culture. They may, mm. we may not agree with them on one specific topic, but we are hopefully, or I, I, we have the best interests of people around us. We're just trying to make the world a better place. Mm. So that's why I like this three hour format. Um, I think when people try to judge somebody so quickly, that's where, that's where racism, prejudice, kind of all that stuff. I mean, that's ultimately Definitely. the definition of prejudice is, is just that. A hundred percent, man. That's, that's so true. Okay, I got a different one for you guys. Yeah, I, I've traveled to uh, New Orleans and a few places in the South, and uh, you go to these touristy places and you'll see a brochure, and it mm -hmm. says you can come check out this plantation. Right, it's a historical thing where it's a slavery thing, right? So plantation, yeah. the rich slave masters own the fucking mansion, and slaves mm -hmm. are working the, the fields and stuff, right? So I get it; it's historical. It's interesting if you want to see that history, right? You can be 100% anti-slavery and still go visit the place and try to understand that surrounding, right? And then yeah. the back of the brochure, oh, it's such a beautiful mansion. If you want, you can have your wedding here. So to me, that what was very fuck? confusing. <laughs> For real? What the fuck? Yeah. So, I mean, what do you guys think about that before I tell you my my take on, would you have your wedding at a at an amazing plantation down in the South? I'll let you go first. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think if the if that place has if if you're painting it as a historical and whether you paint it or it is a historical thing and that's what you're telling people, I feel like people wouldn't or most people wouldn't want to have a wedding there. And the people that do, that's kind of an odd thing. So you <laughs> might want to stay away from that. So that's my, my thought. Stay away from it. That that's so true. And it goes back to that split second you were just talking about. Yeah. Like, people got to think, like, okay, if I would have a wedding here, what are the people that's going to be at my wedding going to think about me? No, it's going to be amazing but pictures, man. One, they got flowers over here, and they got a gazebo. But if, if they're going off of the brochure, that's saying, a little lake oh, over man, here. We can get pictures. Was, you know. <laughs> but they're saying, like, hey, you know, this was where slaves were, you know, were housed at and worked in fields and all this other stuff. But 
hey, in the back of it, you can have your wedding here. It's like, yeah. What? Why would I want the like, kind of like actually? And I, we talked about off camera before. Down the street where I live right now, we got something called the marketplace in Fayetteville. This uh, is where the slaves were sold. Oh, like, slave market. actually sold. Like we, I've seen. Like now they're trying to turn it more into like a nice little like area of history and shit. But we got people. Yeah. Half the city wants to shit burnt or uh, knocked down to the ground. Yeah. So wait, is <clears> it? Is it still the same buildings and the same? Same building, same location. Nothing's yeah. changed except now because they, after the George Floyd thing, they painted Black Lives Matter around it and they they fenced it off because someone tried to burn the old building on fire. Mm. But for a long time, it was it was just there. Yeah, and there were some people that were like, "Tear this motherfucker down! Why the fuck is this still here?" Mm. And you had some that were like, "No, keep it. It's it's about history. It's it's a tourist attraction. Mm. You can learn from it." So it's always that fifty fifty. So like going back to the wedding, yeah, I'm not having my fucking wedding there. Right. <laughs> I would have my wedding at the beach or somewhere. Yeah. But then you got some people that are like, "Well, okay." past look over past or look past the the fucked up shit look how beautiful this mansion is this is nice and these rates are are unbelievable let's, <laughs> let's do it so then you have some people that were like they're like okay i'll post it but i won't say where this is at or the history behind it you know like there's there's ways around shit like that you know but yeah. me personally like now nah, i always wanted to get married on the beach you know i just always thought that was cool nice <laughs> What's, yep. your, where's, what's your thoughts on it? No, my immediate thought was, uh, so a plantation is a torture where prison. Where do I sign up? No, I no, no it's, <laughs> if you're a slave, that's a torture prison, right? A lifelong yeah, 100%. torture prison. Like, th- the, this is evil shit. People getting whipped, people being worked to death, you know, people, in, inhumane, killed, yeah. yeah, inhumane treatment. So to mm-hmm. me, it's analogous to, you know, would I have my wedding at a prison? Would I have my wedding at Alcatraz, maybe. Would I have my would I have my wedding at Auschwitz? Or having a wedding at the Holocaust or somewhere? You yeah, know, like, no, that's, that's terrible, right? Yeah. So uh, a wedding is a celebration day, right? That's two people joining mm-hmm. their lives and, and celebrating mm-hmm. with their families and friends, right? So to me, it was just mind-boggling that, that A, people do this, that B, you know, I guess if you own the plantation, you're trying to get business, right? But like, yeah. how does nobody else see this? Yeah. You know, you is, is it this normal down here? Or was it was it a predominantly white neighborhood? Uh, New Orleans? No, this is it's a nah, plenty Orleans, of black folks in full, New Orleans. Yeah. Full blacks. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, that's. I was gonna yeah. say, I wonder. Ninety-three percent black. <laughs> I wonder if by chance the reservations, uh, the the last names are all like actual white people. Like maybe it's certain racist white people willing to have their wedding there. Well, I bet I, a I certain so. yeah. economic status too, right? If you got money to spend on a wedding. True. Yeah. Right. I mean, it oh, just depends. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think you. I don't think the plantation was a cheap place to have your wedding. It was like you know, like a fancy hotel kind of prices. But look, but that's a good point though, because let's say if it was cheap, like most people spend, you know, on average, what anywhere between three to four grand, probably more on weddings. Oh, I would now, say the plantation, ten or twenty well, if you're talking average. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, I, I've never been married. Or yeah, but, <laughs> she's gonna run that price tag up on you, bro. <laughs> I, I believe she'll, it. She'll, she'll say three grand. <laughs> she'll say three grand, but it creeps up, man. I I can't even like I'm, I can't even imagine myself spending twenty grand just to say I fucking do and dance and get drunk with my wife or Dude, whatever. Don't cuss, man. And, and, <laughs> sorry, but like that's crazy. Like 
But do. anyway, like I, I, I believe it. <laughs> I, I, I believe it. Okay, let's say ten to twenty grand for a wedding. Yeah. You know, but the plantation is saying you could have your whole wedding in this area for a hundred dollars an hour. No, no, I don't think they were saying that. I would think they were saying this is beautiful. Twenty five grand. Let's go. Yeah, well, well, I'm saying just in general, like I'm saying, yeah. like if let's say like these fucked up places, not just like that plantation, yeah. but let's say like another plantation, or let's say even like an area like how fucked up the Holocaust was, or yeah. these other spots that were like were horrible history spots, but yet they have really cheap rates or oh, okay. discounts. Would people still go? So it's like, hmm. <laughs> don't, don't tell me. <laughs> and then what? you go, yeah, like, like, baby, don't worry about the history. Just love me. You know, like, like you now this. you gotta question yourself in the mirror. Like, uh, take care of the what flowers. What person am I? <laughs> yeah, like, and that, that's some real stuff because who, who knows? Like, yeah. I don't know how much it costs to, to do a wedding at a nice, you know, like church or beach or, you know, wherever. But man, yeah. I never would even imagine 20 grand. Like, that's, oof. The beach might be For, cheap. That might be your best bet. Yeah, I, I was thinking, you know, maybe pay a pastor for a service, invite a couple friends, family. Yeah. No, it, it and, turns you know, into this just, whole reception thing, and you got to feed everybody to the bar, and who's paying for the alcohol, yeah. and it gets it okay, grows. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it gets. Yeah, I'm saying this. Yeah, go watch that Bridezilla yeah. show, and it'll scare you out of marriage. <laughs> <laughs> the women I've dated scared me out of marriage. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's a shot, man. I hope, I, was, I hope my exes don't listen to this. They might be like, what the fuck, Alvin? That's all right. That's all right. They're already exes, so you got nothing to lose. <laughs> they yeah, ain't you know, with you. Like, exactly. Hey, don't, don't hate me because you ain't me, you know? <laughs> oh, man. I swear, guys, I'm, I'm having a lot of fun here on this show because um, yeah. I get I get to be myself a little bit, you know, like... Well, my yeah. podcast, I'm always myself, but like it's it's interview formatted right. on your journey. With this, it's like we're talking about my journey, but we're also like throwing in scenarios. We're yeah. throwing in your scenarios, different. Like, I mean, this this is awesome, guys. I could see the show really taking off, man. Well, no, we want to get your insight and your perspective because you're the window into the world that that I don't know. So, so tell, think, sure. Yeah, so tell Emmett about the uh, blood gangs getting a, a gunpoint, and then also the person that self molotov themselves yeah okay the molotov one if we were talking that that was back at the marketplace telling you about this down the street from where i live at yeah so um can you describe this is it like an auction block is it a stage or what does this slave market look like um well let's see it's it's a building where it's like a it's like a no no it's like a tall like build like a little like building but it has an opening where you could put something on a pedestal which was the slave yeah and people will surround it and then they'll put uh, you know they'll auction them off like, like yeah. it's like an auction and uh they'll say um you know throwing out prices for you know like we've seen these they have newspaper old newspapers mm-hmm. well they used to they took it away but they used to yeah like, this terrible year. history yeah, there were like there was like Negro. It was like Negro for fifteen hundred, you know. Or they were trying to sell the women. It would be like Negro, fine Negro for sale. And it's like when you see this shit, you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. You know, like that's crazy. But that was a lot of money back I, then. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> That's so fucked up. Yeah, no, I'm, no, I'm thinking of economics. <laughs> you got to go backwards inflation. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And, uh, but yeah, like that, I mean, they, they would have signs like that. And then, and then I mean, I'm throwing those 1500 in because a lot of them were probably saying like, yeah, they were probably saying like more like $100, which even back then, that's a lot of money. Yeah, $112. Uh, shit. 
yeah, like a lot of shit was like cents wise, you know, like you can go get yeah. a loaf of bread for like five cents. So a hundred dollars, I mean, you're buying, you're buying a land or, yeah. or a slave <laughs> with that money. Nowadays yeah. we wipe our ass with a hundred dollars, but back then that was a lot. So yeah, that's what the marketplace was all, that was the history of it. And mm-hmm. it's always been a controversy thing right. since it was built. But when I came down here in 07 yeah. to the state and I always heard about it, like I remember my cousin vividly, I remember it driving us through Fayetteville because I live in Willis at the time. Yeah. And she was like, hey, do you know about this building? I'm like, no, nah, it's just a brick fucking building. Looks like a building, care. yeah. Yeah, you know, and I'm coming from Connecticut. I mean, we, we didn't have shit like that. You yeah. know, and she was like, oh, no, this is where the slaves were sold. Yeah. I'm like, why the fuck y'all still got this building? Now? What the hell? You know, yeah. that's what that's my, my, not my first reaction. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, damn, you know, so um, years fast forward later to 2020. So we got, you know, the whole fucked up situation on George Floyd. Yeah. And a lot of people, well, not a lot, but some people don't know, but George Floyd is actually from Fayetteville, North Carolina. Uh-huh. Like he was, he was born here and okay. he has a lot of family out here, but he moved up to Minnesota and, um, yeah. you know, trying to get his life out there. But um, a lot of his family's from here. Yeah. And when he died, it was just so like heartbreaking to them. And yeah. they literally, you know, held gatherings and stuff. And then we had other people that stepped in that want to do like peaceful protests and everything. Mm-hmm. But the peacefulness stopped like after a while. Cause I mean, it was a big thing. Like J. Cole came, mm-hmm. um, he's from Fayetteville, you know, and made it. Then they right. had Dennis Smith Jr., <clears throat> who's also from Fayetteville, but he plays in the NBA. Yeah. And they had all these. These people that you know from Fayetteville that showed up, they had thousands of people there, mm-hmm. and then it became crazy. It became a riot after a while. Uh, these guys left, of course, but it became crazy. Like after they protested and stuff, yeah, they became a riot. They were like, "Fuck this place! Fuck the marketplace! Burn this bitch down! Let's knock to know." And I got friends as Facebook Live and recording. I got friends as literally there. Me, yeah. I wasn't there because that actually was the same day that my niece was born. It was her first birthday. So oh, yeah. we was throwing a little birthday party for her, but I'm hearing all this stuff. I'm seeing it. People marching, people I went to school with. You know, it's crazy when you see people that you went to like high school, middle school with, like yeah. there on the news. It's like, whoa. Yeah. So this one guy had the Molotov and he's like, Fuck this! I'm gonna burn this bitch down. So he goes upstairs where you can open the door. So a like, Molotov cocktail door. for anybody who doesn't know is uh, you get like a liquor bottle and you fill it with mm-hmm. gasoline or something super flammable. Then you mm-hmm. plug a rag or something in the top of it so yep. that you can kind of light the rag as a wick. And then mm-hmm. you throw this glass bottle, and when it shatters, now you release gasoline into a, a kind of makeshift firebomb, right? So yep. for, for anybody who doesn't know, that's a Molotov cocktail. Yeah, you guys could watch uh, for the listeners that want any more examples. Mark yeah. for Death was a good movie. The Godfather had a bunch of them. I mean, mm. they, they were real popular back in the day. So they decided <laughs> to bring that. <laughs> you got bottles of gasolines, then you're ready yeah, to Yeah, you know, like, you're ready to go. And, and some people didn't even use the they used gasoline. They just used the straight-up liquor that was there because some of that shit, like, they were making was that potent. Yeah. But uh, I don't know what this guy had, but... but um. So this guy goes upstairs, he opens the door, and he's going like this. I know, like, for viewers who's listening, probably can't see me do the motion, but he yeah. put the bottle over his head to launch it. Uh-huh. But as he put it over his head, the the gasoline or liquor 
what's going on him. So now he's on fire and he throws it and he's oh, like, Lord. he's on fire. Golden playing, run down the stairs. He's going down fast, stop, drop and roll shit. I mean, yeah. I, I never seen it in person. I always heard, you know, they say, oh, yeah. stop, drop and roll. And to see someone do that, like on like Facebook Live, like, holy shit. Yeah. And that's not working. He's still on fire. People are like now patting him, trying to die yeah. him out and shit. You got people in the back like, oh my gosh, fuck it. Other people laughing like, I can't believe you did that. You know, like it was yeah. just crazy, man. And then he got he he lived though, but he was in um intensive care for a while and I heard mm. he woke up and was like confused, like what the fuck happened? And he has like burn marks almost like basically third degree burnings, yeah. but he's handcuffed to a hospital bed too, because now he's going to jail after he gets recovered. So try to launch was, a firebomb. Okay, so if yeah, you have a crazy. homemade firebomb, do not flip the bottle upside down over your own head to throw it. No. I wouldn't advise anybody to make one, but if you ever do, for whatever reason, um, do not throw an overhead underhand that shit, please. Like, it's <laughs> like, like that, that, like that was hard to watch, man. And that yeah, video yeah. went around, and it went viral, and people started adding songs to it. Like, uh, um, like it was crazy. Like they used damn X's old song, "Stop, Drop." Like they were using that stuff, and then like um, when he was rolling, people are so um used to short attention span and getting entertained that they Mm -hmm. they forgot like this fucker burned himself, like that's Mm -hmm. terrible to to douse yourself in gasoline and catch yourself on fire. It's fucking terrible. The pain from getting burned is immense. Like that's probably one of the most painful things you can do. And yeah, Yeah. stupid, you did it to yourself, but Mm -hmm. there's no sympathy for this guy. It's, It's like. They're mocking him and, and enjoying yeah. his pain somehow, right? Oh yeah, it went viral. They said they threw songs in there. They I don't know if you guys remember Limp Biscuit from back in the day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When they made that song, keep rolling, 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 <laughs> As he's rolling, they're like they putting that there. I mean, oh, there was yeah. memes all around it because I think yeah. TikTok was just really like popping off too. So people yeah. it was famous on TikTok. I mean, it was crazy. And uh Feel bad for him because he the guy had dreads too, so like oh, he geez. was golfed. Yeah, I mean, and he barely like made it out alive, but he I mean, he made it. He's alive. Yeah, and that was that experience. Now to go on the the bloods uh, pointing a gun at me at the age of eight and my friend. Yeah, that was crazy. That was I was actually living in Connecticut at the time. And there's um, bloods in Connecticut, bro. There's bloods everywhere, man. I thought it was only a California thing. Yeah, when I was younger, but like, yeah, I mean, there's bloods everywhere. And uh, there's a lot actually in in North Carolina, like, huh. like and they're they're global. I would say, I mean, well, I won't say global, at least national. Um, <laughs> okay. But uh, well, because <laughs> I, I never I never <laughs> been to like I, yeah. I kind of imagine seeing the Bloods in Russia or the Bloods in fucking you know the Philippines right. or somewhere. But well, they, like, don't, <laughs> they don't publish their membership, so it's hard to get stats on where the Bloods are uh, are doing For territory. <laughs> That's true. So you, uh, you don't know. There's no quarterly so, uh, report. Yeah, there's no quarterly report. You know, like I don't know. I wouldn't think there's they're global, but they're national. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> I was yeah. I was I was so I was like eight. I was in Footin Park. Anybody who's from Waterbury or know Waterbury, they know Footin Park is yeah like the the park. That one in Martin Luther King Park. But yeah. uh, Footin Park has everything, and uh, it's a pretty bad park. Like I think they've crunked the bodies there. But anyway, so um. But me and my friend Josh, we used to live like maybe like we could walk there in like three minutes, so mm-hmm. it wasn't that far. Yeah, and I think we were on our way to the Seven Eleven. I remember the Seven Eleven near there, 
And uh, you know it's crazy. There ain't no really Seven Eleven in North Carolina where I'm at. So oh. <laughs> it's a crazy thing about that. But uh, anyway, so um, we were going there, and um, these two guys they they were, one had a um, the red bandana on his head, and yeah. the other one he just had like an afro, and he was like, "What the fuck, your little kids doing?" And then um, my my friend Josh was like, oh, "We're just going to Seven Eleven, you know, whatever." Yeah. And he was like, "He's like, you guys want to die?" And we're like. What the fuck? Mm. Like, no, what are, you, what are you talking about? So, like, the guy takes off his backpack mm. and, like, pulls out a fucking nine millimeter. And we're yeah. like, oh shit. So, we just take off running. We just run, run, and run. And yeah. luckily, the guy didn't shoot us, like, or shoot at us. But he was, I guess he was maybe just trying to scare us. Or, you know, I hear people, you know, to were show you wearing the wrong colors? I don't, I don't know. I was wearing, I think I was wearing a school uniform, man. And ours is, well, yeah. oh shit! You know what? They were blue and white. You know, I didn't thought of that, but yeah, um, <laughs> I mean that's the silliest reason to threaten somebody's life, but uh, especially kids. I mean, yeah. you could tell we were we were like all of like fucking eight and yeah. nine. Like, I'm we not trying young. to die. I'm just trying to get some candy. Bro, like we were trying to go to Seven Eleven just so we can get some candy, some Slurpees, or some shit. <laughs> like, and um, yeah, so he pointed the gun at us, and we we're like, "Holy shit!" You know, so we're running through yeah. Fulton Park, they're chasing us for a little bit, and then we just outran them and shit. Mm-hmm. And um, I was like, "Oh fuck, man, what are we gonna do?" And Josh was like, "We gotta call our moms. We gotta call our moms." <laughs> and I'm like, hey, "Why?" So our mom, our moms are fucking crazy. They're gonna go in there and try to find these guys. <laughs> 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 yeah. Sorry. Well, I mean, so this is obviously a fucked up environment for any kid to have to grow yeah. up in, right? A place where you're just trying to go to 7-Eleven, go to the park, and you've got yeah. somebody else threatening you with a gun. That's Oh, yeah, man. That's a, entirely yeah. disruptive for any kid's growth or development or or stability yeah. or sense of safety or yeah. learning. And that's, yeah, that's Waterbury, man. Like, I mean, I think Waterbury is better now from the things I've heard, but back then and even beyond my time, like my parents taught me Waterbury, Connecticut was rough, man. Yeah. Like it was really rough. And then I actually experienced my first time running with the law yeah. in Connecticut. I was fuck yeah, I went through a lot of shit at eight. But yeah. I was like eight. Rough year. <laughs> yeah, like it was rough. And um not like I was arrested or anything, but as far as like experiencing shit with police officers. So um we were waiting at the bus and waiting for a bus to school. Like, literally, like, we're, we're fucking kids. We're in elementary yeah, school. that's what you do. Wait and, for the bus when you're... <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. like, and, and that's why I, I put the emphasis on that because, like, when I tell the story, people are like, oh, what the fuck? And I'm like, yeah. So um, we're at the bus stop and we're just waiting. There's this abandoned building. And Connecticut, anybody knows in Warbury, a lot of abandoned buildings, they're normally oh. tagged up with graffiti or whatever. Yeah. And so... As kids, you know, we're trying to pass time. Our bus is running late, whatever. So we're just picking up rocks and throwing rocks, you know, at, mm. the, damn, at the damn abandoned place. Yeah. Well, my friend Josh, my friend Josh, man, shout out to him. I don't know where the fuck he's at nowadays. but Sounds like he got you in shit. a lot of trouble. Yeah, I was like, he's getting some shit. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but this time it was like 12 months. I mean, we were all waiting at the bus Fucking stop. Josh. So, uh, yeah, so he hits the window and yeah. it shatters. And now we're like... <gasps> Do it yeah. again. Oh shit! Let's try that. <laughs> you know, like we're, you know, we're like, oh shit! So then, we're, like I said, we're all throwing rocks and stuff, yeah. just being dumb. And Josh does it again. We hits, he hits it clean. But a cop drove by. I don't know how the fuck we didn't see this, but yeah. <laughs> looking back at it, but you're looking a cop, at the building. He puts on the light. Yeah, true that. Yeah, he hits the lights, and he's like, it's like, woo, 
Ooh, he had him in his partner Jamal. He's like, everybody get on the fucking uh, wall right now. Like, pull their guns out, drawing ass. Uh, and I mean, bro, we're eight years old. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? You know, so like, and yeah. now the, his partner's watching us. And he's pointing his gun at us. He got us in the corner and shit. Huh. And now the other cop's talking to Josh because he's seen, he's like, I seen you do it. Where do you live? And he's stuttering. I, I, I live up the street, man. I'm just waiting, you know, just trying to kill time. Blah, blah. Yeah. He's, like, no. he's like, he's like, I'm going to get your mom here. I'm going to tell her what's going on. You're going to jail, blah, blah. So now, the partner and um the other cop they're like they're talking with josh now yeah. so now the rest of us uh, the, the 11 of us we're like oh shit we're circling up like oh man he's gonna go to jail we all might go to jail blah, blah. Yeah. then his partner comes and he pulls his gun at us again like you motherfuckers put your hand keep your hands on the fucking wall or we're gonna shoot you on we'll bleed that shit you guys gonna try to do some gang shit on us huh. or ju- uh, jump us you know so we're like what the fuck <laughs> we're fucking eight you know like yeah. we're not i mean and i was always a bigger kid you know but I wasn't that fucking big. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> we're on the wall now. We're all like, you know, hands up, you know, whatever. Like, yeah. Oh, so they now they're walking Josh up to his house to, you know, to get his mom and tell him everything going on. Both of them. And all 11 of us are still like this mm-hmm. <laughs> on the wall. Are they coming back? We don't know. Keep your fucking hands there. Shut the fuck up. Everybody. We're telling all this stuff. Huh. We're going to get us killed. Whatever. So the bus driver sees this. Like the bus driver now pulls up and sees this. Yeah, looks at us and was like, and looks like down the street and like, oh hell no, and drove off, man. <laughs> <laughs> now we're freaking out, like, damn, now we gotta tell our parents, like, we just missed the bus and why, blah blah. So I mean, like, that was that was crazy. That was my first experience with cops, and I don't know if racism played a factor in that or not. Yeah, but I mean. It, it could have maybe maybe he really wasn't fear of his yeah. life for a bunch of fucking eight year olds. It was I like mean, eleven of us. It, it could have been. It sounds like clearly these cops had entirely the wrong response to kids throwing rocks at a at a building. Exactly. This is this is, in, is incredible. I mean, and and sir, you know, there's so many stories of cops doing not the right thing. So yeah, it's a tough job. You got to figure out what the right thing is. But this seems mm-hmm. like a pretty clear case of, you know, you don't need to. Uh, I don't know. I don't, you don't need you to pull your gun out. Yeah. <laughs> you don't need to aggressively control these kids, I guess. What's what's the bad thing that's going to happen? They're going to run off or something? Like, just come back the next day. They're going to be waiting for the same bus. For real. <laughs> like, we're, we're going to go, you know? And that's not to, you know, discredit any of police officers out there. I know there's some good cops out there. There's some that, you know, I know personally that I've yeah. turned out to be really good cops. But, you know, one bad apple does fool the bunch. And mm-hmm. I can't imagine the split decision second they have to make on a good call, bad call thing. But there's a lot of cops that need some fucking training or some mental evaluations for some of the fucked up shit that has happened to not just blacks, but to um, um, Hispanics, to Asians, to a lot of people. Even I've seen even white cops hate white people, you know, that do some fucked up shit, you know? So, I mean, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think if uh, I think Sam Harris was saying, if you look at the data, I think uh, cops shoot more white dudes than anybody else. So, mm-hmm. you know, so how much of it is racism? I'm sure there's a lot of it out there, but uh, how much of it is mm-hmm. cops uh, not knowing what to do? And then there's just so many incidences mm-hmm. of, you know, if you have a million arrests a day or a million violent interactions a day, then you're going to have some percentage of the worst possible stories, right? So mm-hmm. there's there's interactions that go perfectly, and we never hear about those. We're just yeah. going to yeah. hear about the worst possible. Only going to hear the bad shit. Yeah. yeah. Right. I don't know why it's like that. Society's like that. <laughs> like it's you don't hear the bad shit. 
It's entertainment. No, that's fucked up. <laughs> no, I'm not really, entertaining I'm really, at all. I'm starting, but to it's see. true though. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. Like, we, wow. we are too stupid to separate ourselves from inter- entertaining things, uh, mm. and that's that's very much the caveman tradition of storytelling, right? Mm. You want to hear a boring yep. story? No, I want to hear the story where you almost got eaten, yeah. right? So we're, <laughs> we're we're this is this is the basis of our psychology is that we're so in entranced by entertaining things that we don't know how to separate it from intelligent things. That's so true. That's so true. All right. I'm going to walk us into the final questions. Bum, bum, bum. All right. What great daily habits do you have, Alvin? Oh man. (laughs) Great Uh daily habits. Um, Well, first thing I do, I wake up and I look at my family and I just tell them how much I love them. You know, if I can't tell them that because sometimes I get up early as hell, mm. I'll send them a text during work and let them know like how much I love them and why I do what I do. That's for them. <clears throat> Another great. Uh, thank you. <laughs> Another great daily habit that I do is I pray. You know, I know I have a potty mouth. I'm somewhat working on that because a lot of Christians don't like me because I cuss a lot. I'm sorry, but. I've had talks with God and he's, he seems cool with it right now. So, I mean, <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah. yeah, you know, I mean, I, I treat people right. You know, like that's, that's one thing, but I do pray. I pray before I drive because I mean, if you can get your license in Fayetteville, North Carolina, you can get your license anywhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I messed that up. If you can survive <laughs> in Fayetteville, North Carolina from driving, you can survive anywhere. <laughs> like it's crazy. The, like the people that they like, huh they pass anybody like it's crazy but yeah. so i pray before i drive that's a daily thing i always mm. do because these streets are mean and um other than that man I, I, you know i'm trying to actually i'm in a journey right now where i'm learning to um try to do a quick workout before i actually even get ready to like shower and get off of work nice. because i've gained a lot of weight <laughs> more than i've wanted to yeah. part of it is you know COVID weight of just you know not being able to do shit except eat another yeah. part of it is just me not caring about what i'm putting in my food like on my mouth i mean mm-hmm. so um ch- trying to change my relationship on that so dp yoga we talked about that um i'm starting to do that a lot more now and <laughs> <laughs> and I, I know it sounds funny guys but you gotta give it a try man. DDP yoga, if you, baby. yeah if you if you guys experience any joint pains you had any major injuries uh if you're trying to do a weight loss journey like this stuff has saved lives man like it's crazy i can't put it over more is it and, an app uh, or what is it how do you uh Oh yeah, they got apps. They got a DVD. You, they got a website. They got all type of stuff. They got um, if you got a smart TV, they have a program okay. on there where you could even like do like the beginner stuff, which they call the bed stuff, like bed flex. I think is what they call it. Yeah, where you you could do the yoga stuff just in bed. Like he breaks oh, it down for the. No, you don't have to go anywhere, <laughs> man. Like. He like DDP like shout out the Diamond Dallas page like he really breaks it down for he wants this shit to be for Amy and there's a, a six minute video on YouTube that got millions of plays this is what really like shot off his right. uh, brand it was this guy who was a paratrooper um, in the army and he was fucked up I mean he had canes like walkers mm-hmm. backs messed up knees messed up ankles because he you know he's paratroopers jumping on planes for uh, a <laughs> living. So he was fucked up. Because a lot of people don't know those landings are bad. You know, like, uh, yeah. they think, oh, yeah, you're floating gracefully. You just come down. No, you're still coming down hard. So, but he was messed it's up. It's a slow crash. 
Yeah, slow crash. <laughs> and um, so he was overweight too because he, he couldn't do it. And doctors told him he would never walk or mm. run a normal life ever again. So <clears throat> he, he heard about DDP yoga and stuff yeah. and wanted to give it a try. And Dallas saw his, his, like his video, his email and saw like his condition was like, yeah, damn, how can I help this guy? Like there's, I mean, yeah. the doctors tell him he can't do this. He can't do that. And Dallas was like, fuck that. I'm going to make him do this. Like I'm going to work around his injuries, yeah. work around his disability and stuff and got a program for him. And literally you see the progress in those six minutes mm. from him losing his balance to him getting his balance, him getting strength, his core strength, dropping weight mm. by, and by the end of it, it was beautiful. It, this made a lot of people cry. They said in the comments, <laughs> it shows where he started, how fat he was and how broken he was. And then to the end of the video, he's sprinting, mm. no pain nothing like sprinting running yeah. he's doing upside down yoga poses i mean like it was crazy and that really is what took off the epo again and millions of people now have similar experiences probably not as bad as the paratrooper but like being really bad overweight messed up and it's changed their life so that's one thing that i'm i'm really incorporating now mm. um, so i guess that's three things now let's see what's another one Oh, that's. Uh, um, I think you said, you said it was like five, right? <laughs> oh no, no, no! Just, just name uh, great daily habits. Just one. <laughs> so you're good. Oh, you're good. oh my bad, man! I thought you said good. five. I was, I was getting ready to go, to go in, <laughs> putting them to the test. All right, next question: uh, What do you know or think of cryptocurrency? I know absolutely nothing. I'm ashamed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to learn it, bro. I, I swear, I was actually talking to a friend of mine. Uh, like two weeks about it because he was he was just going on and on about it he's like um he, he kept saying something about dodge and he's like yeah dodge is going up yeah, yeah. And, and this and that he was like man i wish i would invest in this shit long time ago i would be a millionaire man blah, blah, blah. and um <clears throat> i'm seeing other friends like post about it and stuff yeah. and i'm just like I'm, i feel like i'm lost in the song i'm like what is this stuff man like i gotta learn about this and yeah. um Hopefully, I mean, if you guys know anything, I mean, put, you can put me on just a little bit. Like, I, I got to learn more about it. Um, you yeah. know anything? I, I'm huge into cryptocurrency. I'm a software engineer, so I get I get deep into the weeds, too. So. Oh, damn. That was a dumb question, of course. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> man. No, no, no. no. There's, no. A lot, there's a lot of IT guys that aren't, though. So There's a lot, okay. of IT, a lot of IT guys that don't know cryptocurrency very much. And there's a lot of people that just say whether Dogecoin or it could be Bitcoin, and they just talk about the price. Bitcoin, they just talk. It's thing, just price, yeah. price, price. I look at it from a technological standpoint. I see this as the next revolution. This mm. is so innovative. It's like if someone said to you in 1992, hey, there's just going to be this thing called Google that's going to, the internet and Google that's going to change the world. Um, mm. Cryptocurrency is kind of like the internet, actually. It's a protocol, not a product. Or a, it, is, it happens to have a coin after it. But uh, anyways, it, it's a massive thing that's going to change the world. And we just haven't seen the change yet because it takes time because we, from Google, we eventually had like Uber Eats, but that mm -hmm. was like a difference of 20 something years or probably about 20 years from Google to Uber Eats. And no, no, we went from AOL to OnlyFans is what we did. <laughs> yeah. <And> TikTok. <laughs> yeah. OnlyFans and TikTok. Um, yeah. So man, it was time to be alive for them AOL days, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now we're living in that TikTok era. I don't know. And the OnlyFans. I mean. Yeah. Shout out to OnlyFans. You guys get me. 
I'm just playing. I'll get you out of depression. <laughs> put me into depression. I'm paying for this. What are you crazy? I could Google this for free. You know? <laughs> yeah, I would say uh, if you can, if you have disposable income, try to invest in uh, cryptocurrency. And uh, right now, my number one pick is Ethereum. I think right now the price has gone down. So it's actually what people fear is buying now. But buying now is probably the best time because it's dropped. You want to buy on a low. Um, yeah. So in five or 10 years, just buy now if you can hold for five or 10, hold for 10 years. And hopefully that will come up like a thousand X, maybe 10,000 X and mm-hmm. just, just hope for that. Um, so the statements what, what you have exactly heard here are it? just the opinions of some guy on the internet. This is not a I'm, financial advice. <laughs> I'm not, well, a, no, I, I'm like, not a financial exactly advisor. Is <laughs> this is not what a financial exactly is it going to be. Go ahead. Like, is it, is it going to be like something that's going to replace like, like what? Because, you know, like, uh, or like, like we talk about in 92, you know, like Google. and if I, I'm, So like, I'm a little bit more sci-fi on some of the thoughts of it. Um, but the decentralization is we haven't, we've had, we've never in history had something available like this before. Decentralization of gives the ability of truth by consensus, which in a philosophical standpoint, that's just like the government printing out money. The government says, okay, we're going to, we think this money is a value of one dollar and everyone has to agree with it and also this government will also say uh, in the textbooks that that our elementary schools teach this is the history Mm. where america won the wars and this is what happened to the chinese and what didn't happen to the chinese or the vietnamese or philippines whatever whatever the whatever they want to spin it um Mm. decentralization provides this new paradigm shift on that so um what's what is it going to replace i think it's going to touch everything let me, let me do it this way. Uh, do you have a debit card? Yeah. Do you have Venmo? Do you have, yeah, do you have or have you heard of a cash app? Zelle? Yeah, I got that too. PayPal? Cash app, PayPal, Venmo. I got all that shit. So these are all digital money, right? Yeah. Do you have, do you have a Robin Hood? You know, I had one. I had one. I sold my, my little stock that I had. Yeah. So I should have held, held on to it. Yeah, these are all forms of digital payment, right? So yeah, sure, I, yeah. I think the near term future is that cryptocurrencies appear to me to be a next step in digital money. There's, there's, gotcha, we, okay. we accept all these other digital monies, you know, with the money in your cash app, mm-hmm. where did that really come from? Yeah. Did, did it come from your bank account? Okay. Well, what's your bank account? Is it a, is it a digital record at some bank somewhere? No, probably not a physical building with bricks. So yeah, yeah, where did you put your money into the bank from? From the direct deposit to my digital bank account. So it's all mm, it's okay. all pretty hokey. So yeah, really the next yeah. Yeah, I mean it's people really think they the understand money because you can hold a twenty dollar bill. Mm-hmm. But then where'd the twenty dollar bill come from? Why is it different than any other right. thing I print on paper? Right. Well no, I got this from the back it up, yeah. Yeah, so if you, <laughs> yeah. So if you if you go down the road, I think um as you move forward digital money is heading towards cryptocurrency is becoming accepted as digital money. Uh, and it has this strange feature where it appears to increase in value over time. So I like that a lot. 
That's all I like money. (laughs) (laughs) Same here, man. I like money that grows. Uh, I'm definitely going (laughs) to. Foreheads. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, try to. If if you get a chance, watch a little bit of some of my videos that are on cryptocurrency. Or, I mean, you could just search YouTube. um, But uh, it might be more fun for you to watch one of mine just to see what you think. And then you could ask me questions afterwards, too. So that'd be something that, that, that would be helpful. Definitely will, man. Cause yeah, I definitely want to learn more about it. Cause it's getting really popular out here in uh, North Carolina. It seems like almost every other day I have someone that I know that's talking about it at work, or you know, put like I said, uh, talking about the Dodge stock and Bitcoin yeah. and all this other stuff, you know. And then I then you got people making memes about it, where it's like all these stock experts, but no fucking millionaires, you know. <laughs> like so, so I, I mean, I, I don't know, that's, you know. That's but, a brilliant point. You got to be careful of who's who's excited about this stuff and who's telling you something. It's like, well, are you? Did you? What, what's your background? Did you are you rich right now, or you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you're trying to get rich. All right. Yeah. I would, to get, yeah. I would be careful with Doge or the yeah Doggy Coin. Just be careful with that one. That one there's uh, the value of that one seems to be mostly tied to people's the public's excitement at that moment. Okay. So there are moments where it's going up and moments where it drops heavily, with the only input being popularity and excitement and news and kind of it's very much a meme based thing Mm -hmm. something on the internet or something in entertainment will spike you know it started off as an entertainment coin it was a joke like hey anybody (laughs) can make a coin let's put a fucking dog on this coin and start it as a joke so you know that tells you how how valuable entertainment is in our psychology and in our society Um, that's true yeah so but i think the the caution is is that there's not some fundamental value under it because of something it can do. It's just popular at times. Mm-hmm. All right. You got nine minutes, three questions. <laughs> okay. What's your favorite food? It's like fried chicken. Fried chicken. Statistically rice. I am a big, yeah. I'm actually a big pizza lover. Like I love pizza. Like I can go for a New York style pizza or even Chicago deep dish pizza. I like regular pizza that people can make at home. I also love baked macaroni and cheese. Baked macaroni. If it's baked now, if it's fucking on the stovetop, you can keep it. I mean, I'll eat it, but I ain't loving it. Baked macaroni and cheese. I'm loving that shit. Especially throw a little breadcrumbs on there. But pizza is the way to go. I love cheese pizza is great. Cheddar cheese pizza. Meat lover. All types of pizza. That's my actually. That's why. That's why I gained. That's why I gained all this weight, man. Like I was. It was pizza. Like. Literally. And then, and then on the way to God work, it, and they, that's what it was, man. Well, yeah. I mean, it was me buying it, but still, like, <laughs> like I have to pass six different pizza spots before I even get home. Oh, right? damn! Like, damn. Yeah, because they open up two little fucking Caesars, uh, and you know, the motherfuckers are cheap too, man. Delicious, yeah. Fucking, yeah, so I'm like, damn it, you know. So that's really just being mentally tough that I actually am. I'm working on. Actually, yeah. it's one thing you can put that too in my. Uh, trying to you know be great and stuff. or can you my, my can you restrict yourself strength. to one piece when you eat one no i can't i eat so. one i want more i want more down to like a crackhead now i didn't eat like <laughs> that but <laughs> but I, I eat one man like that's torture like i'm like i'm, I'm it's a hundred a hundred percent or zero like i better eat it all or not at all you can't be so eating all pizza man you gotta you gotta cut it to like three, exa- three exactly, pieces or something 
the pizza starting to come out through my damn cheeks and, <laughs> and, and like my man boobs and shit, you know. Luckily, the camera positioned where you can't see it. Yeah. <laughs> He's sweating pepperoni. <laughs> <laughs> I sweat out grease. Just talking about <laughs> from the pepperoni. All right, next question before it's, before this oh, sorry. evolves to oh, something yeah. else. <laughs> like, man, I was saying, I got some pizza stories coming up. <laughs> uh, think of at least two friends that should do this conversation. Call them out. Oh man, um, my boy Colin down at um, Bluer Futures. Uh, he has mm. his own organization, nonprofit organization, Bluer Futures. Oh, awesome! He but he has a crazy life um, experiences. He's he was um, in the, the Navy before he started doing this nonprofit organization. Yeah, um, he's a character. He's funny, man. And um, you know, he's one of the type of people that you may not even know him that long, but you can get so comfortable with him, like you known him your whole life yeah and you know he's definitely one of them i think he would be awesome for the show cool another one my friend charlie charlie holder charles Holder. we actually he does some pr for blue futures yeah but um he's interesting he's funny as fuck charlie. he's also um very uh seriously trying to get his his life together and stuff too he's been he's moved to different places he got stories mm. um them two i think come to mind like this they could do this because some people just can't do three hours of anything mm-hmm. you know like they just people are so busy in their heads but they're really not they're just used to the instagramification of like tiktok and shit yeah you know like we talked off camera about like how some people even say my videos which are like anywhere between yeah 23 minutes to an hour or something you know I just go off how much time I guess give me, but they will say, "Oh man, your video's too long." Mm-hmm. I'm like motherfucker, no, they're not. They're mm-hmm. not. Ugh, got crazy. important shit to tell you, yeah. for real. And and like, <laughs> I mean, it, it's like don't watch, like, or don't listen. Like if, if that's if that's your mentality, like you want a TikTok video, go watch that shit. Yep. Scroll scroll forty hours of your life away on a thousand <laughs> videos, or you can listen to my shit for whatever thirty minutes. Yeah, don't listen hour. to Alvin. You can go to Lim's short clips. <laughs> I got Man. TikTok and I got YouTube Shorts. There you go. All right. Hey, you're you're on there. Like I'm, I'm actually trying to get into TikTok. I'm, I'm just trying to figure out what's a great way of putting a clip from my videos into it. So. Yeah, yeah. I think it's just it's, try it's to a big balance. Yeah, uh, it's surprising. I think uh, pick, uh, TikTok has a growing podcast interest. So just try to pick like a minute or thirty second, a minute clip the most exciting thing in one or one conversation. And I mean, it's tough, uh, but um, just try it and then just post on TikTok mm. and see where it goes. And actually, I would actually suggest I'll try that. Man. Just just try it and just try it for a few weeks and just see where it goes. Just you might cut some bad videos like that don't make a lot of sense or may not be funny, but just try it. At least you'll learn every time you learn more yeah, from man. failures than 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 victories. Definitely, man. All right. That's next. So true. Next and question. What's the other question? Um, tell me in a few sen- sentences or less about what this conversation was like. If you've done a podcast or interview before, describe the biggest difference. I may use this in this answer in a video collage with <laughs> potential guests. Uh, this was this conversation was like um, preparing for adulthood, where you look both ways from the street and get hit by an airplane. No, <laughs> 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 you had me. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I, I don't know what you guys in. No, like some um, wisdom is coming here. <laughs> no, but actually, there was, this conversation was awesome, and I appreciate the time that you guys gave me. Um, I recommend this to anybody to come on your show because it's not just you're learning about you know my life, 
and my struggles or my you know victories but it's also we've talked about literally almost everything under the sun from uh black lives matters lgbt to fucking mm. pizza to like this is a podcast i think that's really like real like authentic you know like a lot of these podcasts out here have like no direction even though from what people just heard me they probably think there's no direction with this but there it was very <laughs> you know there was direction you got questions i mean yeah. like you're very organized I mean, this is this is great and i recommend this to anybody to come on here and please people don't think that you don't have three hours to fucking not talk like you'll be surprised if you really think about how much you really talk and instead of scrolling yeah. like throughout your work life throughout your personal life you, you talk for a while mm. so you guys can do this awesome. it's not that hard and um i yeah definitely and as far as lessons was that was that another question like what we learned like what oh lessons? no no that's it that was it that was, oh, that was it was a great conversation well, I, learned, yeah. I learned a lot yeah i was like i learned a lot from you guys you know um I really can't wait to go to Vegas, you know, or New Orleans from your experience. Like, tell that, tell that person with the fucking brochure, go fuck themselves. <laughs> well, no, Don't go to uh, New Orleans just to get offended. Go there for I, know. <laughs> I can do that fucking shit here. I can walk, I can walk down the street and get offended. I can tell <laughs> you where the best uh, pizza joint in New Orleans is. It's, it's called Crescent City. Uh, right on Crescent Bourbon City. Street. Yeah, it's a great spot. Uh, I heard about Bourbon Street. I heard how there's so much stuff to do there. Uh, that's a big drunken party. It's, <laughs> it's debauchery, <laughs> yeah. Uh, as long as I can get my Jerry beats, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but, uh, we're, we're guys, good. thank you. Thank you so much for the time, man. For real. I enjoyed this a lot. Uh, no problem, man. Thank you, Alvin. Thank you so much. Uh, it was a pleasure having you on. It was a pleasure talking to you and sharing your experiences uh, with the People's Choice podcast. And, and thank you. And Alvin, thank you for having me. <laughs> thank you guys man for real like i mean it, it's crazy how i just mentioned that like you know where you might not know someone but like they're so cool and so down to earth like we've hit it off just so like well and natural like i definitely see us doing this again in the future heck yeah man. Know, maybe i'll have you guys on my show man yeah yeah Sweet. yeah so another another cheers for you guys bro You're thank right you there. so much my man thank you for your time thank you guys for having me man can't it's be treat. saved more thankful enough